This week on Out Now with Internet, we are talking, nope, don't look up. Well, I came down to earth and I hid in a tree. I said, Mr. Purple People Eater, don't eat me. Well, he looked at me and in a voice so gruff. He said, I wouldn't need you. He said, you're too tough. He was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. One-eyed, one-horned. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. Hi, how are you? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. Uh, we dig into movies, we will spoil for your review, the occasional commentary track. Or some other film movie topic. This is episode 500 and, 502. 502. Wow, that's a good number. It's yeah. unidentified. I think we identified it's 502. <laughs> it's, it's exactly that number. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> so yeah, there we are, 502. And this week we're talking Nope, the latest film from director, writer, producer Jordan Peele. And joining us to discuss Nope We Have from Joe Blow in the Cinescare podcast, just returned from a tour of Jupiter's Claim in Algadulce. Aguadulce. <laughs> These names. It's Jimmy O. That cloud has not moved for like a month. <laughs> just sits there. A it month? You've been there. observing it for a month? Yes, I have. Thanks, guys. I'm glad to be here. It's been a while. God damn it. Jimmy! Uh, hey! It is good to have you back here, Jimmy. It is always. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a minute. I, I I got a little busy, and it's been. Uh, I, I miss you guys. Miss oh. you. Had to come back. Had to come back for nope. <laughs> Thank well, you so yep, much. Yep, you're here, and we're, we're yep. glad to have you're you here. We're gonna have plenty to talk about as well, but we have first up some show notes to get through. Uh, let's see. New commentary track. We recorded our commentary for Air Force One for this week's for this month's commentary track. Um, Why? <laughs> because it's a celebrating <laughs> its 25th anniversary of Air Force One. Yeah, and but wanted... you don't have to celebrate it. It was dumb. Well, we had some dumb fun <laughs> talking about the movie. A, a lot of dumb fun, actually, because it's, okay, it's a very well. funny commentary track. Uh, we had a we had a lot of tangents to go on uh, <laughs> with that one uh, with, with uh, Brandon Yancey and Mark Hoffmeyer. So a lot of fun. Be sure to check that one out, and um, you can find that on iTunes, where you can find all the episodes of our podcast. And if you search right now there in an Abe, not only will you find all the episodes of the show, but you'll also be able to give us a rating interview, which will be wonderful to help us boost us in the old iTunes charts. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just describe what you think a UFO is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a podcast review, and then we'll read it on the show. Yeah. And just in random episodes, like it might not even if like there was no, one this it won't week, be sequential. Yeah. Just, if it was if, if you put one out that. this, if you put that out this week, we wouldn't necessarily just read it next week. We might wait till, you know. <laughs> October, <laughs> yeah, October, <laughs> or just wait a long wait till like Dune Two comes out. That's our promise, actually. When wow. Dune Two comes out, we'll read all the new items. We just, <laughs> yeah, we just all aged everybody. <laughs> Can't wait! So excited. Big hats and everything. Where were you when they Big read the new reviews? <laughs> That's what it says on the front. <laughs> uh exactly so there i choose reviews. let's get those um okay now we gotta briefly cover the summer gamble of course uh this is 
the events that we have going all summer long. Abe and I, along with many guests of the show, predict what we think are going to be the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer. And of course, we have a new contender this week, which is Nope, uh, which arrived in theaters at 44 million uh, wow. for a solid start. Wow. Um, Good news. Yeah, I, I know certainly all a lot of us, all of us have Nope in our, our predictions as far as what's going to be in the top 10. Yeah. And so that's a uh, that's getting things going. Uh, Thor is in second place, 22 million. Uh, it's at 276 total domestic so far. Wow. Um, so certainly just in the pocket when it comes to kind of Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minions added another seven, another, another 17 million. You're putting it at 297. Uh, Why? Million. Why do people like that? I don't, I don't get it. I'm sorry. So right now, we'll, I, I'm very curious between Thor and Minions, which is going to hmm. be uh, ending up higher if they've been out around the same time and the legs will be interesting on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Minions, uh, Minions will win that one, dude. Good. That's a good. Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not thinking other. Be surprised. Right yeah. mm-hmm. um, uh, surprisingly, where the crawdad sings. Yes, ten million this weekend. A strong hold. Wow. For huh. for fourth place, thirty eight so far. For a movie like this, that doesn't you know cost a lot and has a very specific demographic in mind. That's a pretty that's a pretty solid hold for his for a second weekend for a movie like that, which you know didn't exactly get the greatest reviews either. Well, uh, that, that that's a movie that is a what, technically a kind of a YA film, so I think those don't necessarily they, they don't give a crap about what critics have to say about those. For movies. sure, is it is it a YA book? It, I, I think mean, it is. Well, it's, it's a, like, I think yeah. it's a it's a mix huh. of the Y because it has a YA factor as far as yeah as as, her, as she goes, but it's also like you know part of Reese Witherspoon's book club. I mean, uh-huh. it's like adult women are reading the book. Mm. I mean, it's. Yeah. But it's certainly like that's you know that's the side of the demographic that it's catering towards. I had no idea. Yeah. Now that now the movie makes even uh it's like even more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know where the crowd dads sing. Yeah, exactly. Deep in the okay. marsh. Oh, okay. What do they Deep. sound like? Like they're playing like, they're playing like, like jazz. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they sound like. Playing Kenny G. So yeah, crawdads making some money. Uh, speaking of making money, Top Gun can't stop, won't stop. Another ten million for Top Gun as well. Six thirty-five total domestic. What more needs to be said about Top Gun? It's a runaway freight train. Hmm. Uh, I guess that's it. Cash, it was able to cash the checks so that the the body couldn't ca- or could cash. It, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's what pretty close. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. And the last one I'll mention, just because it's notable, Elvis still holding on in sixth place. Six million one eighteen total. It's officially made more than Lightyear, uh, just to put things into perspective uh, as Ugh. far as where things are going to end up. Uh, Elvis, Elvis well, is going to do better than the Pixar total? movie. 118 domestic. Hmm. It's not bad. I mean, for a very mediocre movie, I guess that's okay. <laughs> it's a movie that's holding on to audiences as far I as I guess that, concerned. you know, and I get, I get why, but like it, it's not a great film. <laughs> well, it's doing well. That's yeah, the, hey. that's, yeah. yeah, good Some for people it. loving yeah. it. So good for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad people are getting pleasure from it. Good for them. <laughs> so yeah, it ain't no a... hound dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, just treat me right, man. Treat me right. <laughs> so just bringing in the old box office stats there, just to see where things are at. I'll be very curious where Nope ends up as far as where it goes from here after its mm-hmm. initial weekend, as far as what the hold's going to be. But uh... hey, don't be cruel, Aaron. <laughs> <Don't be quickly. laughs> just reading the facts here <laughs> uh all right so that's show notes let's move on let's get let's get us about netflix trademark each week that that way we get trademark i didn't get that could you repeat that <laughs> uh yeah I'll, I'll do it later uh 
Abe, what have you seen recently? You know, there's a movie called Mission Impossible. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. And it's funny because, you know, Paramount Plus has all the Netflix, or I'm sorry, all of the Mission Impossible stuff. But um, I guess that they're they're slowly being released uh, and taken off of other streaming services. But Mission Impossible 1 by Brian De Palma, super solid. Like, I haven't seen it in a while. And I watched it again. I was like, you know what? This is still one of the better Mission Impossible movies. I really, really enjoy the performance that Cruz is giving. But I also just really enjoyed the espionage of it. And just how basically there's only like three or four settings that they have to go to. Um, and then you're done with the movie. It, it's a fairly quick romp, but really good. It's possible. It, it, it is pretty yeah. snappy. I mean, it is. Yeah, it moves. It's, especially when you watch when you watch it now. I mean, the it's like back back in the when it, you know when it was coming out. It was like the, the criticism was it's too hard to follow. You watch it now, it's like this is a very simple plot when you look it's at it. Very <laughs> simple. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> even when I watched it back in the day, like back in like ninety seven. Five, six, ninety-five, six, yeah, six. Sorry, yeah, but I didn't watch it right away. I was poor, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it it certainly is like a movie where you're just like you know, it, a little bit hard to follow, especially like when Ethan is getting through that that visual montage of him just putting all the pieces together as he's talking to John Voight. Spoiler, uh, yeah, that's but, exactly the thing that people that confuse people. About. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then then you're just like you know, he's just a really smart guy, and he's proven it through the uh, throughout the entire movie that he's a really intelligent. Uh, agent so but yeah really good line readings from from Cruz uh especially in the phone booth uh when everybody's dead and uh, then when uh when John Voight's wife shows back up uh and he's just like wake up Claire they're dead they're all dead uh, the whole the whole scene with him and Kittredge who returns in the next mission that impossible. is that's so just great stuff good. yeah that, that's the, pure the angles stuff right there. yeah that's, the angles yeah. that they're shooting with too it's great mm, can't good. wait for for Kittredge to show back up I'm curious to what what he's gonna tell Ethan this time. Hmm. Anything else? Uh, no. All right, Jimmy, how about you? Um, gosh, I'm still. You know, I, I still want to talk about like uh, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris because good movie. Was, what a delight! Jesus, uh-huh. that was a delightful film. Please go see it if you if you can. Um, you guys saw it, right? I've Aaron seen- did. I haven't seen it yet. Aaron, isn't it a joy? It's a very nice film, yes. Yeah, like really, really nice. Um, I, I saw that. I watched a bunch of slasher films for Cinescare. So, I, you know, I, I, Kids That Kill. So we watched Orphan. We watched, uh, good God, what else? The Brood, one of the my favorite Cronenberg movies. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we I went through it. It was my pick this past uh, episode. So I picked a bunch of killer kid movies. So I did that. I did Bloody Birthday uh gosh i'm 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 forget oh the pit the classic the pit with the kid that throws people in a pit because he's a brat uh <laughs> children should play good things yeah i like i like them all though i like they had fun it was kind of fun going back to seeing some old slasher movies i haven't watched for a while so that was I enjoyable yeah i also love the alliteration jimmy you what kids that kill the alliteration yes of course yeah. of course <laughs> chef's kiss ktk yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a band, a boy band. It is. It's the kill. KTK. It's a kill. KTK. That that is it's huge. They're big on K-pop. That's a huge, <laughs> it's huge. It sounds really lovely and green. Also. It's great. Yeah, I'll sing some of their songs later. It'll be okay. Great. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. That just makes sense. Once mm-hmm. the weed kicks in, I'll be the, you know that. 
I've seen a few films that I want to mm-hmm. mention. Um, some are movies that are either out next week or that we'll talk about soon enough. So I'm not going to mention all of these, but also I'll mention some older films that I watched. Okay. Um, first up, Abe, you brought this up a few weeks ago, a movie called The Phenom that I yeah. had not heard of with Ethan Hawke oh. and Johnny mm-hmm. Simmons. Um, and so I watched it. Uh-huh. And uh, what I like is that like, it's clearly like a low budget movie. Yeah. Since it's, and it, since it's a film about like a, uh, you know, a baseball player, it's like, it's not particularly interested in showing like games and what have you. It's more just about this guy and, you know, this young guy and his struggles being as good as he is and having this domineering father. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed it as far as like being a, a, a neat character study and Ethan Hawke's a real bastard in this. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, that not... scene where he's just waiting for his son outside in the chair. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Like wow. I, I didn't know what I was getting into yeah. beyond. You just told me there's a movie called the feed off and it has Ethan Hawke in it. Like, yeah. Like, What's this going to be? And it's like, oh, this, this he's he's more vicious than he is in the black phone in this movie. Yes. Oh, good God! Wow. <laughs> yeah, but similar vibes, right? There is. I mean, yeah. honestly, it's like if I watch these back to back, I'd be like, this is a pretty good double feature. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see what else. Uh, the Criterion Collection recently released Raging Bull <gasps> on 4K. Um, oh. Guys, I don't mm-hmm. know if you know this, but Martin Scorsese, pretty good filmmaker. Oh, wow. And um, I'll keep an eye out for that guy. Uh, pretty good movie. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but... that, to be honest, that, I, I prefer his earlier work. I, I, I'm not as much of a fan of his more prestigious Oscar pictures. I love mm-hmm. The Raging Bulls, The Taxi Drivers. That's when I think he was hungry and his, his best work. Mm-hmm. I love Raging Bull. It's amazing. Yeah, Raging Bull, I, I tend to, I mean, that's in my top three for Scorsese in general. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just a masterpiece. And, Absolutely. and, and I tend, I tend to regard De Niro as giving one of the best performances in history in that movie. Yeah, I was, I I was just... going to ask like the follow-up question is like, where does that rank with your De Niro, both of you guys? Yeah. De Niro, like that's offhand. It's gotta be his. Yeah. Totally. Just my eyes. Like it's yeah. wow. The best. Okay. As far as him giving a performance yeah. goes, like I can't think of something I would necessarily say is higher. Like yeah. it's just meet the fuckers. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> no. like, what's the uh, little Fockers, maybe little fo- um, <laughs> the, third third, the, the third and best of the trilogy. That or Showtime with Eddie Murphy. One of the one oh, of those three. Oh, wow. Showtime. Uh, callback. Yeah. One, of those, one, of the, one of those three is probably the best. Remember but when no, he breathed real hard? He's like, <laughs> Showtime. Uh, yeah that's, that's a movie that happened yeah that is a movie that's but uh, yeah no raging bull is terrific and this new criterion 4k presentation just stunning i mean it, yeah like watching it like it's so one uh, you know it's hard to be like hey did you know it's pretty good sh- well shot because it is <laughs> <laughs> but it's like seeing this in like it, you know having a 4k tv and watching this like presentation it's like this is incredible like how good this like the movie mm-hmm. already looks great and now you're watching it you know it basically the best format you can outside of a you know a 35 millimeter theatrical presentation and it's just it's just spectacular seeing like the the way he uses atmosphere and the black and white photography yeah. is just phenomenal anything anything special about the discs like not not terms uh, of, like, there's there's the some stuff there's the some, content is marty saying anything on them there's some there's some new um interview stuff on okay. there as well like it I mean, it already it's already had several releases so it brings up most of that material back as well it's right. like and there's like three commentaries one with um Paul Schrader and Jake LaMotta, which is you know what? The, most, the most interesting <laughs> wow. one you want to you want the, the one you'd want to listen to most when it comes wow. to that movie. So it's yeah, like interesting. So I mean, it, you know, any owning Raging Bull in general is always a good idea. So owning yes. a 4K Criterion disc of Raging Bull sure. is certainly certainly not a bad thing to have. You bought it on sale? Uh, 
well, it is full yes, price. Well, it's it's July, uh, July's been having the the um, Barnes and Noble fifty yeah. percent off all Criterion's sale that they have every year. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, uh, for anyone that's collected Criterion's, this is the time to get <laughs> get your hands on some. Yeah, seriously. Um, and that is a film that it, that's a must own for any. I mean, true cinephiles, that's a must own for sure. Uh, speaking of which, another uh, new 4K release uh, came out uh, from Criterion as well. Devil in a Blue Dress, a movie I really mm, like a yeah. lot. Oh, love that film. Yeah, with Denzel Washington mm-hmm. as um, yeah. Easy Easy Rollins, a, a, a based off of a uh, mystery detective series that should have been like a, a series of films. And it's very sad that, that not, we didn't get more Easy Rollins movies with Denzel, let alone Don Cheadle as Mouse. Uh, but I, it's a great neo-noir I really like the movie a lot, and it just the fact that it has a Criterion 4K presentation is just stunning to me. It's like that's great. I love that this like basically cult movie has gotten this kind of recognition at this point. Nice. Uh, and to round out my 4K watchings of recent uh-huh. uh, days, wow. Predator, um, yes. Predator, the original Predator. I'm seeing the new Predator Prey uh-huh. in a theater tomorrow, which I'm very oh. excited about. Oh, I, wow. but, nice. I, you know, I I'm aware that not everyone's going to have the opportunity no. to be in the theater. Uh, but the fact that, you know, that <laughs> I can see it on the big screen, it's like, good, I'm going to watch a Predator uh, to, to be prepared for that. And uh, I, I Predator is one of my favorite movies in general. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, I, I'm happy that the 4K does it proper justice. It's been a weird, like, history of bad transfers when it comes to its Blu-ray presentations hmm. uh, for Predator. So, like, finally, they got, like, a 4K that does it proper justice. Mm-hmm. It's not like the movie's unwatchable. It's just, like, I know it could be, like, most people that, like, study this stuff know it could be better as far as how sure. it looks at home. So I'm just glad that, like, the 4K does a good job of showing off how well-made that movie is. As really as see the tendons in uh, Dylan's arm when he gets shot out. I mean, well... When I when I revisit certain <laughs> movies, you're not wrong. When I revisit certain movies on 4K, yeah, there are like a select number of scenes where I'm like, I I want to see how you're, this yeah, is gonna you're, look. You're honing in, like I, I yeah, like like um when I watch Raging Bull, it's when when he's fighting when Sugar Ray's just pounding the hell out of him, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, just in the blood split. Like it's just like, what's that gonna look like just in this version? So Predator, one of the key scenes, of course, was when Dylan and 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 and, and, and John Duke? right. <laughs> when Schwarzenegger and uh and Dylan they they come you know they lock arms oh they, arm like wrestling. in the beginning in okay. the beginning yeah yeah when they're and saying ju- hello yeah and they're doing their arm wrestling and it's just the camera focuses on those biceps yeah. you can see this bulging in 4k it looks like tremendous <laughs> <laughs> what's the matter see I got you pushing too many papers I know <laughs> what, a, what a good line uh but yeah I mean the whole thing just looks spectacular you know? cool uh yeah so uh yeah that's that up all right let's move on now let's get to some trailer talk there's where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week when it's coming out without it what have you i will say right now we are aware that comic-con was this past weekend and there was a lot of like a whole bunch of stuff a whole bunch of stuff we intend to have some kind of coverage of that as far as uh having a guest on to talk about comic-con with us uh, whether that's a bonus episode or if we just save it for next week's show to talk more about things, we'll see what happens. But yeah, just we're not deliberately we're, or we're not inadvertently skipping some of the big things that happen. But yeah, I was gonna say that, that you should have had someone that was actually there. <laughs> well, we, we had certain plans and they changed. 
Uh, that's, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Things happen. You know. Things happen. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm happy to have you here, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. We got what, what better way to celebrate having Jimmy on than a new Halloween trailer? Exactly. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. It's almost as if it was meant to be. It, it seems yeah. like it. And we're talking nope this week. So let's keep the horror vibes going for now. We can talk about capes at some other time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we have, we have Halloween ends. The third and presumably final entry in the David Gordon Green collection of Halloween films. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the briefest of things are known so far, so I'll just say that this is set four years after Halloween Kills. Uh, Lori is once again dealing with the threat, the looming threat of Michael Myers, and things are probably going to go down. Yeah, <laughs> so, it looks like it. <laughs> with, all, with all of that in mind, I, I know we've talked about this already, Jimmy, but what... what where where have you been with with Gordon Green's take on Halloween, and where what are you thinking of this based on this trailer so far? Honestly, it's like I I love these movies. I love what he did, and I because I was always a uh, when it came to Halloween, and I love the franchise, even the crappy ones that I don't like, even Resurrection I will watch. Uh, but I love the Michael Myers versus Laurie Strode, whether it's the oh Laurie Strode goes under witness location relocation or this version of Valerie Strode, which actually I prefer to H2O. Uh, I love what, what he's done. I loved Halloween Kills. I know a few people were a little, uh, me, you know, not, not loving it, but I, I thought it was kind of brilliant in a lot of ways. Yes, it had some issues, but I, I just, I like where they're going. And I think this trailer looks awesome. It looks like exactly what I want. It looks like Lori versus Michael in a badass way. And I, I, Dude, I cannot freaking wait. Cannot wait. Abe? Yeah, pretty much the same page. Uh, I mean, where I've been with the entire series that I've enjoyed it quite a, quite a, uh, a bit as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about Halloween Kills and we talked about, uh, I think we, did we watch the extended one and talk about it to you, Aaron? Or we just talked about the theatrical? Maybe we just talked about theatrical. Um, but, you know, there's... Yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. it's the extended thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it got released like maybe a couple weeks afterward on well, it was, it was Peacock, on. right? No, it was released simultaneously on Peacock, but the when it came out on Blu-ray, 4K, all that, that's when the extended version mm, arrived. It. it was on, yeah. it was on VOD as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in any case, um, you know, the two movies I've enjoyed, I've, I've really enjoyed just the way that they've handled humor, tone, uh, action slash the kills, um, and just character development too. Um, and so for this one. Wasn't really sure what I was seeing. Like, you know, it starts off very uh, similar to a lot of other Halloweens that we've seen before. Um, and then when you get to where they're going with it, you know, fairly early on in the trailer, um, I was really digging it. I, I really dug that it feels like it's going to be, I mean, from my perspective, it feels like it's going to be just like a fight movie. And I'm, I'm all for like a, a two hour uh, horror fight movie, which you know, you don't really get a whole lot of uh, sometimes, but this one has certainly been building up to things. Um, but I think the other thing that just sort of just caught me off guard is just they have like this cutback to, you know, 78 Halloween. Um, and I'm curious to see how this is all going to play out because uh, I've heard here tell that people have said that it's going to be different. Like I think Carpenter himself said that it's going to be different than um, what we're, I guess, maybe expecting. But uh, I'm very excited to see this because uh, it's got a really, um, it's got a lot of momentum building for it, and mm. um, I'm curious to see how it's going to finish off. Same. Yeah, I'm largely in agreement here. I've been enjoying, for the most part, what Green's been doing, even though I have you know qualms with certain aspects mm. of the films. Uh, Kills, I do think, is a film that will just 
grow in appreciation over time because I think mm-hmm. it's taking some swings that whether or not it lands them, it's you know it, for being Halloween twelve. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's making choices, which is not something you always see yeah. in even earlier sequels than that. Uh, so I, agree. I, I agree. I, so I, I find that to be interesting, which makes me excited for ends because it's like, well, I David Gordon Green, who's always been such a curiosity as far as the trajectory of his career, and you know the fact that he stepped into a horror franchise mm-hmm. and it's not and it's let alone making the third entry in one. Um, I. I look forward to what this is going to be. I, I like the idea that it's going to be something different and ideally the culmination of whatever he and Danny McBride have been working for in their, you know, their story outlines for mm-hmm. this whole thing. As, as we recall, like they initially wanted to make like multiple films and they settled on the one at first and then they got the green light to make two back to back. And it's like, okay, cool. Let's, what's that going to be? Clearly they have something in mind. Yeah. Um, and I you don't... know, we love fun, Michael. Yeah. He's, just, yeah. he's just doing, he's, he's, as we've said here, he's, he's such a scamp. Yeah, see, now he's had four years to like make all kinds of dioramas with bodies and all kinds <laughs> of like, like what's he been up to for four years? Like, right? gro- like grotesque the- dioramas, but they're very thoughtful and and very creative. And he's oh, hey, pretty- look what look what he did with the you know um the was a Nancy Loomis character in the first one, so he he was starting off early. He knew he knew his shit, man. Yeah, and now <laughs> now he's had like years to study like all the cultural trends, right? Yeah, so, probably, you know he's got he probably has his TikTok page, and you know. <laughs> Private the life. real Myers. Yeah, the the real Myers. Oh, <laughs> the, real, the real Myers seventy eight. His Instagram is killer, by the way. Ah, so, uh, yeah. that's a good one. He's big on reels. Yeah, he's, <laughs> <big on> reels. <laughs> he's just like walking around buying yeah. things, but walking, he's walking. He's walking. Paint. He's walking behind people, and then he right. moves away at the last second. Oh, he's a, he's a card. Yeah. <laughs> so now that he's really had a chance to study all that, I'm curious, like, what that's going to lead, right. like, or he's going to like discover this. Yeah. But it, it, I, in seriousness, like, I am curious what this is going to be. Um, I, you know, the story is the thing I have the question about in terms of like its direction. Like, I have no doubt that Gordon Green just knows what he's doing behind the yeah. camera to make sure. this thing look as good as it's going to. And that's exciting in itself because, you know, like, Jimmy, you've seen plenty of slashers. And yeah. regardless of like your affinity for them, obviously, there are some directors are just better at dealing, handling this material than others. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Things like Gordon Green, who, just put the skills that he very much has like into this world. Mm-hmm. That's been fun to see, regardless of you know anything else going on. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you said, like Michael's going, he's he's getting up there. He's doing some cool stuff. He's doing running up that hill uh, trick talks. It's amazing. <laughs> right. and it's just great to see sixty year olds having this franchise to work with. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it, it's basically you know like the Grand Bud- the the, uh, the 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 best exotic marigold hotel. Oh. <laughs> Mrs. Harris goes to Paris and on the yes. Halloween franchise. These are the ones. These are the ones for the older audiences. They're the same movies. They're the same. It's the same. It's, yeah. Put them on a triple bill. That's what I say. Your triple bill. Yeah. All right. So Halloween ends arrives in theaters October fourteenth later this Woo. year. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Let's get to our main review for Nope. What if I told you that today you'll leave here different? Pops. Pops. I'm talking to you. Bro, what'd you see? Someone above the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever killed Pops is out there? Right here, 
you are going to witness an absolute spectacle. So what happens next? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Here we go. That should have been some of the trailer for Nope. Following the Oscar-winning Bach and box office success of Get Out, writer-director and producer Jordan Peele went on to make Us a more ambitious and near-equally successful social thriller. Peele's third film finds the filmmaker working with his largest budget yet and deploying IMAX cameras to capture what he's after. This time around, Peele intends to make the sky a threat, as Nope follows siblings OJ and Emerald, who now run the Haywood Hollywood Horse Ranch following the untimely passing of their father. Something strange is going on around them as a mysterious threat from above is making its presence more and more known. They, revolved to, they resolved to capture this event on film with the help of tech employees slash conspiracy theorists from Fry's and a noted cinematographer looking for the perfect shot. Will this be enough to survive a close encounter? Jimmy, I'm curious, where have you been with the directorial efforts from Jordan Peele so far? And what do you think of Nope? I, I, I loved Nope. And, and here's the thing, I've, I haven't been a, I've liked his films a lot. I, I like Get Out a lot. I didn't love it as much as a lot of people did, but it was one I found myself rewatching a lot. And as I'd rewatch it, I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of getting it. I'm kind of getting it. Us, I didn't love, but I, I respected it. I, mm -hmm. you know, you know that feeling when you're watching, you know, it's something, there's something, there's artistry there and it's, there's good stuff there, but for some reason it didn't connect with me. Weirdly enough, watching Nope, uh, that changed everything because mm -hmm. it made me want to go rewatch the other two. It was like, I, I feel like I'm really getting his style and I'm really loving what he's doing. I, I think Get Out may be his best film, but I think Nope is my favorite. I just thought it was a blast. I, 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 I we're not doing spoilers right now, but like, my gosh, it was surprising. It was fun. It was, uh, it was beautiful. And the actors were fantastic. I, I love this movie. I legit. Yep. I love Nope. All right. Put that on your poster. Damn right. Yep. I love Nope. JoeBlow.com. Exactly. Abe, where are you with Jordan Peele's latest? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Nope in the theater uh, with an audience. And uh, I think that there's a lot to certainly unpack about this movie. Um, and different avenues that you could take to get to the same destination, which is just the end of this movie. Um, I certainly understand and know that Jordan Peele is a very thoughtful and um, creative artist. And so he's, he's putting a lot into his movies. There's a lot of uh, layering that you can um, take away at your own, at your own leisure, at your own time. It's been fun to, to read all these takes from other writers uh, from around the globe about what they are interpreting nope as um and what i chose to do is i just chose to watch it as just like a straight movie um and not give too much thought to it this first go around and i really enjoyed myself even that way because i think that jordan peele has this appeal um that uh. essentially is just <laughs> i did not mean to do that but uh but he essentially just has the ability to just make a really interesting engaging movie that you can just watch straight through. Um, and while I think that there's maybe like some things that could have been tightened up, you know, the runtime is a bit longer than I think his other two movies. Um, 
yeah i i still dug what i was watching um and then when it gets to like you know the the second um and third acts i was just really really uh enthralled and you know that encompasses a lot of different uh, feelings uh, that you can elicit whether it's like white knuckle terror um, that you're just watching something on the screen you just can't look away um, which is probably his intention but then also there's a, a handiness to it but there's also a, a hero aspect things to it so i kind of liken things to or this movie to sort of like you know the met like a museum you know different wings whenever you want to and you can kind of look at things uh, and then you can spend as much time as you want looking at them at your own pace um, and you can take things away from it but at the end of the day you know you're, you're still getting like a fairly enjoyable experience so I really, really enjoyed it with an audience and I, I really enjoyed it for the movie that it is. Uh, and then I just can't wait to go back and, and check it out again um, and, and start peeling back some of these layers. Yeah. Like, is it my favorite of his, of his movies? Probably not, but I think that it's actually one of the ones that I would, I would not hesitate to go back to and watch again. Uh, so yeah, that's where I am with Nope. I've been a, a big fan of what Peel's been doing so no, far. Um, his uh, having Get Out come along and being as, as good as it was, um, not necessarily like surprising, but it was just like it, it was nice to see that like the world engaged with it the way it did, and just yeah. and which led which led to him having the chance to do you know more ambitious things. So he made us, which I also really liked. Um, I, I thought it just had such a, a great wavelength that was on as far as being this like singular piece of work that was doing something, you know, original that have obvious influences, but certainly like wanted to like show Peel's continuing to like carve his own path. And so the idea of having him make now a, a summer blockbuster, essentially uh, giving him a bigger budget, IMAX cameras, Hoitza von Hoitza on the cinematography right. and tackling an idea that certainly is akin to, you know, certain filmmakers and their films or what have you. I couldn't wait to see what this is going to be bringing back Kaluuya no less and adding on Kiki Palmer and Steven Young, let alone Michael Wincott. Uh, <laughs> it's just like all this stuff is paving the way to be just like the recipe for success. And it's a shame that I was massively disappointed, but I'm kidding. That's completely wrong. I think this movie's fantastic. Uh, this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta let like, it sit a little bit more with the fake. With I couldn't fake hold out. that. I could not. I, I I wanted to. I had planned to pace that out better, but it's just so ridiculous <laughs> to say that I didn't enjoy this movie as much as I did because I enjoyed it so much. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's I, funny. That I love that reaction because it was like there was a moment when I'm like, "There's no way." He's yeah, I know. Wrong. It, yeah, I knew you were lying. I knew it was like that. No, no. There's just there's no there's no reason to like hide the fact that I I think this movie is just spectacular blockbuster filmmaking, the yes. kind of thing that you want to see in this day and age. As far as an having an original concept, and you know having ideas in mind for how to channel certain films from the past and then do something completely like or you know different with it. It, it's yes, un it, it's un it's unlike other movies that I've seen because it's very distinctly coming from Peel, who has a very clear voice. Yes. Uh, even if the messages and themes aren't explicitly laid out for you, because that would just be boring. But I I, I love the idea that he's very he's very clearly like you know homaging certain things, making homage to certain things, right? But also putting his own spin on how to present this kind of story and how to dig into what it's all supposed to mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, without, you know, just hitting you on the head with that. So on the, you know, on like the, just a visceral standpoint, this movie's thrilling. Like there's so many great like set pieces, sure. uh, you know, key sequences in this movie that allow mm -hmm. you to 
just be in on the ride that this thing is, uh, not unlike various other summer movies that operate on this kind of scale and do certain things. Uh, then you have these other moments that are peppered throughout the film mm. that add certain kinds of dimension to it that certainly not everyone's going to be like a walking away knowing I know exactly what that's supposed to mean. But I, I it's the, this is the, like the epitome of the thing where art isn't designed to be watched or looked at or heard once like art is there forever. And the idea of, you know, having a movie like this that you can completely engage with on variety of levels, that's the kind of thing that like any, any filmmaker that wants to put something out in the world in this mainstream kind of way, that should be what they're aspiring to, like having art that's very entertaining, as well as something that you'd want to revisit, not because you feel like you need to suddenly get it better by seeing it mm -hmm. the second time, but just because you want to. <laughs> I think this is a movie that very much does that because it's certainly entertaining on its own, just watching it and, you know, take what you want to take from it. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that it invites you to be like, you know, you can feel free to ask questions and just revisit this if you want to. Like, that's just, that's just great. Like I just walked away with such a great feeling about this just because of, the way I, it was presenting me something that I just haven't seen this way before. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt excited by it. And I kept thinking, I want to, I want to see this more just so I can not only take this experience of the thing again, but just to, like find more to appreciate about it. Right. So I just, I mean, there's so much we could talk about with this. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I had a, I'd, I'd I had a great time with it. Sort of like start off with, um, you know, you sort of mentioned the ideas of what he's playing with and largely speaking, he's, he's making like a UFO movie, right? Um, like uh, watch the skies kind of movie yeah and, his take on that kind of yeah, thing, yeah. exactly and I, I think you you rightly mentioned that he's sort of influenced by a few directors in this but i in large part the question i have for you guys is um what do you guys just think of his approach to a ufo movie uh i well, loved it yeah uh -huh. loved it <laughs> honestly like that it's 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 look when you watch the trailer you were like okay, I know what this is about. I know what I'm getting into. And then it's just not even close to what you think you're going into, mm -hmm. which is kind of amazing considering it is technically just a UFO sci-fi movie. Yeah, like, there's certainly, um, like Hoytava and Hoytama that Aaron mentioned, I mean, shooting it on IMAX and the way that they, the way that he, Peel is envisioning how, everything looks and how it moves like on the screen meaning just the the camera work mm -hmm. really really engaging and yeah. i i think that this is a, a movie that we can um i think you guys would agree where it's like it's engaging like different senses like it, it's it's kind of making you use muscles that we haven't really used like the way that i described top gun maverick um and i found myself just really <laughs> scanning the screen a lot of the times yeah. Yeah. when they're when they're like <clears throat> handing up to it so i i really dug that his concept of ufo movie has more to do than just like the typical like you know uh whether it be like uh plus counts of the third kind uh or anything else that we've already seen but i think that there's just a really masterful thing that he's doing by keeping us guessing like throughout this movie um and then but even just using again technology to to help us uh further deep dive into how we should feel here's what i like about that as mm -hmm. far as answering your question like i as far as like making a you know a ufo movie right for one thing it's it feels unique into itself as far as this specific topic yeah. uh that said the formula he's very 
clearly using is Jaws. Like this movie's structured yeah. a lot like Jaws, and that's he not a surprise. That he's, Jaws, guys. Yeah, it's a very yeah. in in the sky. Yeah, and it's it's Spielberg's <laughs> Spielberg's a very clear influence, obviously, hundred percent among, yeah. among others. Right. But what I what I enjoy about that is that Jaws doesn't have twists. Jaws is not a movie that's you know revealing something that you don't expect here. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah, there's a shark. We got to figure that out. In this movie it operates in a similar way. There are certainly reveals and things we come to understand. Right. But, but, but I think it's successful because it's not trying to, it's not trying to throw you off and like deliberately mislead you. It's certainly, yeah. right. it's certainly making you ask questions. It's certainly making you wonder, which is great. The sense of wonder is exactly what you want in summer movies, but it, but it isn't like trying to trick you or outwit you. And because right. of, and yeah. because of that, that means that you get to explore these characters more. You get to immerse yourself in this world more because you're not busy trying to figure out a puzzle box in the right. way some other filmmakers want you to do, which is not necessarily bad, but can certainly, if you're not delivering something that's, you know, that, that, that like a great result from that, it's not, you know, it's not ultimately right. going to pay off. Yeah. I feel like a movie like, for example, Super 8 ran into that problem where it spent so time, much time tying itself in a box right. so you can like unpack that box. By the time you open it, it's like, there's not much depth here. Yeah, like there's, it's just like okay. Yeah, there's the trailer was there. great. The trailer was great. Yeah, but it set up a certain kind of expectation in the movie. That's just how I think JJ we were operates. both disappointed. Yeah, no. it's just um, like- I, I just to reiterate what you're saying. Then let me read a quote from from Peel. Uh, he writes, "Quote: I think sometimes people like to watch the movie intently and really try to treasure hunt and figure things out. Sometimes you just don't want to think too hard. You want to walk into a movie. You want to be taken care of, and you want to be taken care uh, taken to a different place." End quote. Right. So exactly what you're saying there. Yeah, for, for sure, and that's. It's, so in being a UFO movie, like I, I really appreciated that it was, it wasn't that you're trying to, you know, guess it ahead of time or whatever. Right. It's yeah. just it's it's presenting it to you as is, and you're seeing this thing that's presented to you in a way that, frankly, I just I don't think I've seen it this way before. Right. Yeah. And that's no. that's great. <laughs> I mean, that well, is- certainly. Yeah. Go ahead, Jimmy. Guys, you you know you we're talking about the comparisons to Jaws. What makes Jaws great is you have these great actors and this great dialogue same thing as nope you mm-hmm. have the every single one of the performances here is just spot on even like brandon pareo is great yeah. i i totally bought every kiki kiki palmer these they're all these superb performances and you want to get to know them they could have easily made a couple of these characters pretty goddamn annoying but they didn't <laughs> They spent time and they make them actually human beings that you can mm-hmm. enjoy their story and you want to get to know them. That's great. That's amazing. That brings yeah. it. That brings it to like you know Jordan Peele's like sense of humor and how he's used that yeah. in you know mm-hmm. all of his films, including this one, of course. And it's you know it's obviously not an out and out comedy, but by having no. people that are grounded in a sense of reality, you do get you know a, a, a streak of humor that runs through this thing. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly what you kind of want. I mean, in addition to thrills, you need to counterbalance that, right? And I think this movie does a good job of it by having, for one thing, by having the sibling pair, by having Kaluuya and Palmer together, I like their chemistry because of the fact that Kaluuya's playing it so stoic. Right. He's so He's so, you know, for one thing, downtrodden because he's, the two of them are basically grieving this whole movie. That's a big right. part yeah. of it. Yeah, things happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ah. Um, but you know, but Palmer is you know sees, sees a more outgoing character and someone that's trying to you know sell herself as far as you know the promote herself and like and to to capture a sort of sense of fame. And so having those two run up rub up against each other the way they do, it's it creates a lot of laughs. Yeah. And then and then yeah, then you bring in yeah Brandon Perea's character, uh, an actor who I, I 
I don't think I've seen him very much at all. And he's mm-hmm. just he's just a great like spark of energy in this thing too. Yeah. So good. And it's the kind of thing where those are the, those are just great those kinds of characters, the ones that are like, I see this and I want to know more. That's yeah. a fun character. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's I, that's I a think, fun character to have in a movie. Yeah. There, there's also like two things um that I like to throw onto the pile there of of praise is there's the whole entire aspect of uh I I see them, I want to know more. And that's uh, it's very hard to do that for some people, for some directors, yes, because, you know, sometimes you're just like, well, I have to establish all this backstory. Let me show like a few things when they were young and why they are this way now or whatever the case is. This movie doesn't really do that. Like, I love that Peel is just like, no, you're just in this movie. You just you're introduced to these characters as they are right now. And you can kind of piece it together as you're going to go along because you have to watch them for, you know, two hours anyway. Um and then Jimmy, I think to your to your other point, what I also took away from all of these characters, especially Kaluuya and and Palmer's characters, the brother and sister duo, like everybody in this movie is a pretty smart individual. Like yes. nobody's oh, doing sure. like yes. a dumb yes. thing. And, and and I was actually very sort of like hesitant at first with Kiki Palmer's character of like of Emerald. I was like, okay, well she's like the loud, you know, bombastic sister character, and she's probably gonna be like the one that's like fucking up all the time. Nope. <laughs> like nope. everybody is, they've got their head on their shoulders. They all know what they're trying to do. And then they're, they're not all doing anything dumb either. Like, you know, yeah. there's no, there's no point uh, in which the UFO is like hovering above and they're just like, let me go out and look at it. You know, it's like, no, they're, they're all trying to take cover because it's something that they don't know what it is. Right. Yeah. It's, it's scary to them. And it's, uh-huh. it's so the movie so justifies its title as far as why sure. it's called Nope by having Quite literally, by the way, very much so characters <laughs> say Nope often. Um, that is the best scene in the goddamn movie when he walks into <laughs> that bar and it's like, Nope, Nope. And, what, and to speak to that scene, to speak to like the tension and the scares in this movie, like that's yeah. a big part of it because you have smart characters. That means the scares are smarter. Yes. If they, yeah, if they're not making dumb choices, that means the scares aren't cheap because right. they have to be scared for a reason, because presumably they've made the right decisions up until a point where they get scared and then the audience gets scared. And totally. the, movie, the movie completely delivers on that. There is a sequence in a barn that is absolutely great as far mm-hmm. as and you it don't comes know what to, early. It comes. You don't know what to expect. You don't know yeah. what's going to happen. You don't know where it's going to go. And it didn't come because someone made a stupid decision. It became just from natural choices that you're being made. And no. even then, it still subverts those things by having characters make decisions based off what they're seeing and right. being like i'm denying this this is not what's going to happen to me right now yeah. i'm going to go the other way and they yet there's no way yeah it makes the smart decision smart 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 yeah <laughs> and and again like you know we've talked about like the humor and we're sort of talking about tension right now but like the way that they've been interlaced into yes. you know even that scene alone it really creates this crowd pleasing like oh, yeah. i loved like i didn't watch it with like a super full audience but I, I had enough of an audience for us to all just be like making noises <laughs> in our seats huh. when when that barn scene happens and, you know, other scenes as well. But there certainly is a um, an element of, um, again, like it's an organic it's an organic set of of, of steps that Peel has taken for these characters, because like Aaron, to your, just to reiterate, there, there's no real reason why um, this scene would really happen. But you've been given so much already. Uh, in terms of the movie and this is only like the first like 35 minutes i want to say it's pretty um, early yeah yeah of the movie but you've been given so much that you're just like okay you know that the tension has been ratcheted up already 
And now here's maybe like the first scare and it, it pays off like kind of like in a Shyamalan kind of way, but mm-hmm. I really it dug that. Good. Yeah. There, there was like a really <laughs> nice, like there's two visual visual things in there. And that second, the, the, the second visual thing, um, amazing. Like I love that there was just like, um, uh, just again, things on the screen that you're watching and the audience reacts to it in the correct way. It's such a fun thing to be a part of. It, it really is. And it, it even play like, I think it even plays into expect, like it obviously plays into expectation, but like walking into the theater, mm-hmm. you're you presumably at the very least, unless you went in blind and good on you. If you just did that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is a movie that's like, okay, something about like UFOs or aliens or something. I don't know, but that's the thing. Right. And so the fact that it's like giving you something, Peel knows this Peel knows that right. you've walked in expecting to see a certain kind of thing. And the way he's like, okay, so what if we just did something with that early on? That's just brilliant. Like that's just yeah. really like clever ways to like throw you off. Cause you don't know what's going to happen next. And that describes a lot of this movie. Like I, I can understand like it is a little long. Like it yes. does feel like there's some slack here and there can be some fits and starts because of that. But at the same time, like there was, I was never, you know, I never felt um, bored by this movie. Like I was always into it. I was always arrested by the imagery going at the very least the imagery going on screen because this movie is so well shot. So it's just, yeah. yeah. It it, just in terms of like the, the continuation of the tension and the scares. I mean, like that's sort of like taken as like sort of like a, a comical, like audience fun scare. The one that we just talked about. Uh Uh-huh. But then there's like real sequences of genuine, again, like white knuckle terror. Yeah. Um, and I I really thought that the audience responded well as well. Like I feel like I'm I'm the guy that's asking the the Simpsons kids if they like, you know, this this show. But um I, I think that the, the audience really responded well, and so did I just watching um sort of like these flashback sequences that were were given. Um like we're given bits and pieces of it, and then we're given like an extended flashback sequence. Horrific. Like there's no other way to describe what we're watching there. And it's just really, really, really terrifying. Um, so again, Peel is able to really give you like different levels of scares um, in this movie. And, and I, he, I like that. He accomplishes that through a number of things. One is sound design, which is excellent in this movie. Sound design is so key to both the sequence you're describing, which we'll talk about later, yeah. as, as well as a, a number of scenes involving what this ufo is up to like there's just there are things going on with the sound alone that I, because of the way everything drops out at certain points and you're yes, just focusing yeah, on sure. certain like there's just a really well handled way and then you combine that with the photography in this movie yeah which expands when it needs to and presents just because you get such a clear idea of like where these people are which is this isolated area outside of la mm-hmm. you just get this you know basically great vistas that you can look at and just and the way the camera is very pointedly keeping the sky in mind yes it's just a great way to like create tension and a threat from that alone that you're you quickly realize like i need to keep my eyes open and watch this stuff sure yeah Uh, and then the last thing as far as all these michael abel's score also i think just like it's not it's obviously it's aiding how you're supposed to feel about certain things but the way he uses music to to bring out certain kind, like there's certain kinds of like what the tone is, what the genre they're going for, even is sure, in certain yeah. scenes. Like, cause it sometimes it's playing more adventurous, sometimes it's playing purely for horror, sometimes it's going full on Western. And it's just like, right. I, I like the fact that Peel like wanted to make this specific movie and make it this way and had all these people do these things the way you want. Like, it just 
Kirby just combined in such a, a, a fantastic way to, to both keep you on your toes as far as what you're expecting, as well as just play into the idea behind it all and the, the visceral nature of, yeah. of what's happening. And then just the flip side to that, um, just to kind of take the other edge of the knife, is that, yes, maybe you can feel like it's a little bit overwhelming and maybe there's just an A plot, B plot, maybe C plot, um, and maybe there's like a lot of ideas going on. And to be honest, there are. Um, but again, like I sort of dismissed those. Like I actually, in large part, like I, I felt those things and I saw them, but I also was um, not dismissive of them, but I was totally okay with them just existing and then me continuing this journey toward the end of this movie. Um, Cause it can be a lot, right? If you're, if you're trying to pay attention to everything and you're kind of like trying to peel back all the layers as you're watching it and you're kind of wondering like, what's going on now? How does this apply? Yada, yada, yada. I think that it can be overwhelming and, you know, I, it's not to say that we, I, I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes, but you know, this audience score is a little bit lower than the critic score on this. And I find that to be sort of like puzzling just because it's like, well, what were you thinking that you were going to get um, aside from like a Jordan Peele horror movie? You know what I mean? So, well, I mean, to be fair, Logan Paul tweeted about how it's the worst movie he's ever seen and he didn't understand it. So, you know, oh, so now it's being influenced by. Yeah, but, well, I mean, he's, he, it's not like that guy actually has a brain. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I find that it, it like it can be a lot. And I get that. But again, I think uh, that's the quote that I just read there. Like Peel knows this, and he's also just like, you can just watch it straight through, and you're you're gonna you're gonna take something away from it anyway. And yeah. then Aaron, to your point earlier, and Jimmy, to your point, it's like, hey man, on second and third watch, I'm gonna be peeling back every scene. I'm gonna be like thinking about and dissecting everything, right? And it's great that it allows you to do that. So, want to talk more about these actors a bit? Yeah, let's sure. let's jump into it. So we talked about Kaluuya and Palmer a little bit already, but let's talk about some of the other people. Like Stephen Young is obviously, yeah. you know, a big deal in this movie. He's third build. Um, and he has some very serious things going on here. But like in, in a general sense, I I like what he's bringing. Like there's yeah. a, he has a specific kind of energy uh, given who his character is and what he's up to that I appreciate, especially just the more and more I think about the stuff involving him. Yeah. Like the, his backstory that we learn very much about uh, th- thinking more about that and how he's essentially a tragic figure. Um, I found that to be fascinating. And because Yun, I believe he has a certain kind of screen charisma that I enjoy. I like him. I like him in mm-hmm. general as an actor. And yeah. so like, I like that, like the movie's clearly playing off of that. And I, I enjoyed the way we, we'll get into this more, but like, I, I like, the yeah, I know it's like, we're, we're really dancing it. around a lot of details, yeah. but we're going to get into a spoiler section uh, soonish. Um, but I, I enjoyed Yun as well. And I, I really dug that he is, he's sort of like a, a product of his environments. Like, again, I'm, I'm sort of being vague here, but it's more like he he's, He's basically had again a, a fairly like interesting childhood because he was on a he was on a a, a TV show, um mm-hmm. like like a horse and around BoJack Horseman type show and Alf you know real life stuff, um but it it's one of those things where it's like, you know he grows up to have this particular view of of life, um and then he also sorts uh, sort of like plays it in a way that is comical and goofy but also like pretty serious at times and I dug that there's like a there's more sequences with him, especially one involving like an office situation where Daniel Kaluuya has to talk to him about business stuff. 
and you know he gets into like a, a monologue of sorts um and I, I really dug that too but yeah yun is i he's he's such a likable guy <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's really it's really fun to see him hamming it up on the screen you know whether it's like thumbs up or giving a flyer um and then also like when he is just being the showman uh because he runs what's it, is it claim jupiter's uh, claim jupiter's, jupiter's claim, claim yeah. Yeah. where he's like you're just running that as as an organization but it's such a weird concept too because it's like this like theme park like what aaron mentioned out in the middle of like west la east LA, east, east of la west of la like he's just out there it's like it's it's such a weird thing for him too so there's a lot to him and i, I really dug his performance though yeah he was the only one I feel like I wish I had had a little bit more of, but st- even still, I I got enough of him that I, because you got so much of the others, like you really do there. You really know all about them. I, I think him, I would have, I don't know. I think he could have used a, a, another scene or two, but like, but I, again, his history was yeah. fascinating. I yeah, would be surprised it. if there was more of him, but yeah, absolutely. Out. Oh, totally. totally pacing the movie down, but like, yeah, but because you had, because you had that history, it's like I can understand. You can glean a lot from like what's going yeah. on with him. Same but page, I, yeah. But in for terms sure. of like, I mean, what he's doing, you're like, yeah, of course, I want more of him. He's he's great in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, you you mm-hmm. sort of talked about uh, Angel Torres before, like the Brandon Brandon Prayer. Uh, before we get to like uh, some folks that we haven't talked about. Yeah, but I I'd really dug him too because he sort of plays like this Quint character, but he's also like uh like more of a jokester. Like he's like this guy that shows up, kind of knows a lot of information, um, and then like can help you set up your your uh, wireless camera services. Oh, he's the he's uh, the Hooper. He's the he's oh. the Dreyfus. Like, oh, Winco- yeah, Wincott's, Wincott's the Quint. <laughs> <laughs> he's the philosophical one. That's like yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, I, I really dug like uh, Angel's character because he's in any other movie he's a throwaway character. Like he's just a guy that's like uh, a means to an end kind of thing. And in this one, they're just like, let's just integrate you into the story and have you come on for the journey with us and become like one of a a truly likable character that you actually feel for uh, as things transpire toward the the third act of this movie. Um, So again, everybody in this movie, like very like solid, solid casting because everybody's very enjoyable and likable um, on the screen. But you know, his backstory of him just like, recently breaking up and needing something to 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 take um his mind off things is just to go help the uh oj and emerald like go go find a ufo what a weird backstory but it works because well, it, it's funny you mentioned this it's like it's not out of no way i mean as far as exactly like, it, it, yeah. it, but 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 in terms of the context of how she broke up with him because it's she got a job acting on the cw <laughs> we could we'll talk we'll talk more about the messaging of this movie but i mean <laughs> all of these characters are dealing with being cast aside by right. Hollywood in some way. Correct. And that's just yeah. another way it happened. Like, yeah. it, and I found, I found that to be interesting. Yeah. And it's like, how do we rope this guy in? It's like, the, as far as like connecting it thematically. And there's a way they do that. Sure. Which is, which yeah. is pretty neat. Um, you want to talk about Wincott? Wincott, yeah. he's just great in here. Like he's such a, <laughs> he's amazing. He, he, he like just him just bringing his temperament and voice alone is all you need to like accomplish the assignment here. But like he still does it <laughs> while wearing like what I assume are like costume choices he chose. Um, that I wouldn't just, be surprised that just feel right for like the kind of person he's playing. This kind of prestigious cinematographer who, you know, he does one for them, so they do one for me. And it's like, okay, it's just, <laughs> and he just brings this kind of very dry sense of humor to everything that's already happening. It's, yeah. 
he, like I like it's fun to see Michael Wincott and things. And this is like a unique kind of role for him. He's not like a heavy. He's just like a guy who's generally interested in what's going on. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. that's, fun. that's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's so good in this. And it, he de- he definitely gives the Quint character. He's, he's the Quint character. It's a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, except instead of giving a, you know, a big monologue about the past event, it's singing purple people. <laughs> <laughs> in like the scariest, but like deepest bass voice. You're just like, oh, I didn't well, I don't know if this was a take, but, you know, I'm digging it. <laughs> I love that. Love it. Yeah. Uh, to go back to um to Kaluuya and Palmer. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think they're in the zone here. I I, I think Kaluuya and Peel clearly you know get along together. But like the the I, I like how Peel's using him. His, you know, Kaluuya specifically in his imagery. As far as you get a lot of shots of black people on horses yeah. in this movie, um, and that's not an accident. Um, nope. I, I that this movie is very much rooted in. Uh, the idea of, of black cowboys and mm-hmm. the history there um and th- that you have <laughs> we'll get to spoilers but the, yeah, that you that you have Kaluuya positioned in such a way where he looks like a hero in a lot of shots and the way it's for especially because you're already pointing up <laughs> in so much of the sky right. having him involved in so many specific sequences where he has to like ride horseback for a reason um one thing he had to learn how to do all this, which is impressive in itself. Um, but it, it but certainly I, looked real. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I just like he he bring, he brings like such a great attitude to this as far as how do I make this guy work despite having very little to say and acting very standoffish and shy. Yeah. And something I re- that's like something I really liked about the the fact that he was nominated for Get Out is that he's so reactionary in that movie, but he has to do a lot with that. With, with seeing all the craziness around him. Mm-hmm. And once again, I think there's a lot of that here as well, where he's these things are being pushed upon him and seeing him realize strategies of how to overcome the threat that's looming. Like, that's really cool stuff. That It's yeah. cool to see him, like, looking down and understanding, like, I know what I need to do. And then, like, him opening up more as the movie goes along. It's just, there's just a lot of great stuff there. Yeah, I he, he's my he's my runner-up for MVP of the movie. Um, mm. But there are, there really is like a choice that he's making here as an actor because we've seen him in Judas and the Black Messiah. He could be like super charismatic and bombastic and loud and, and fiery and charming at the same time. And in this one, he's just like very, very like he he's like a salt of the earth kind of person in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And it, it really is like a situation where like Daniel Kaluuya is probably one of like the greatest actors so far of our current time right now mm-hmm. and i wouldn't like the more that he works with peel i'm just like i'm gonna watch everything that they do together um but in terms of the character himself like i really dug that this guy is you've met people like this like you know what i mean like you have met people that are just really really they know their craft like they know animal wrangling they know like horses like they didn't go to vet school but they just like they've been around it their whole life and it's really cool to see him really give that on the screen because the more that you go into the movie, the more you're just like, I, I see how this plan is evolving here. And I actually really like that. It, it sort of brings some life to know Kaluuya, but at the same time, you know, when he, when he's like being a, a two feet on the ground kind of guy and just be like, I have work to do. You know what I mean? Like you can go do whatever you want Emerald, but tomorrow morning I've got to go feed the horses and take care of them. And that's my job now. 
Um, so like, you know, we can't go like have like wild dreams and, and have a, a night out kind of thing. So yeah, I, I, I dug his character choice and I dug how, um, Peel wanted him to be portrayed. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I, again, the, again, it's, it's about the characters. Yeah. If you don't give a shit about the characters, you don't have a movie. Agreed. You really don't. Yeah. You want to talk about Palmer a bit, Jimmy? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I will. Because here's the thing. There were two characters in this film that I think could have been incredibly annoying had they been the wrong actors to play them. Sure. Uh, first one is Brandon Perea. He, mm-hmm. he could have easily been the, the dude bro that you just just please get off the screen. Just right. die. Just, <laughs> she, she, is, she is the same way because, you know, when our first real introduction to her uh esmeralda is that she's kind of a hey look at me look at me attention attention hey pay attention to me but there's something about her it it never goes into i I credit she's a fantastic actress but with the writing of the character and the way she presents herself you see inside you you that's not just who she is there's layers here guys mm-hmm. there's fucking layers here and, and it's so oh it's so nice to watch in a genre film that kind of detail and attention to creating characters that are interesting and and, and that you want to you want to know more about and and I, I i love the fact that she was she added this energy to this movie yeah. which was just a delight yeah, she's my pick for MVP of this movie uh, for a lot of things that you mentioned there. Um, yeah. In addition to just being a character that you can really, really get behind. Like you're rooting for her and her brother to really make yeah. it. Um, and even as the film progresses, like Aaron, you're talking about these themes that we're going to get more more super uh, detailed about later. But she is sort of like on the outside coming in to the movie and then she becomes like the centerpiece of the movie yeah. toward the end of it. And I really dug that transition or like the development of that. Um, and I like that it is great director show don't tell. Uh, and this is an example of that where it's just like, let me just show you that like she has more to her, even though you were plopped in. And again, I was annoyed by her. I was like, dude, you're ruining like Kaluuya's vibe here. You're late to the set. You're late to the yeah. shoot. And like, I hope that you're not like the, the dummy sister character um, that is annoying. Uh, and then she's not. Uh, and she even grows on you. And, you know, yeah. the other thing is also like costume design in this movie. She's got great outfits. Like, I don't yes, know what yes. it is. Like, it's just like every <laughs> every scene I'm, I'm checking around. I was like, what is this that you're wearing? But also like, I dig it. They give him and they give her and uh, Kaluuya like just fun shirts. That they're <laughs> yes. wearing. Yeah. And, and like, you know, as I already said, Michael Wincott, he has like this like dress get up. Yeah, it's like a sleeveless. Wearing. Like, yeah, I don't know what it is. It, it, like whatever it is, it just makes he's comfortable. Like, right. it, like yeah. it, it's but it, it like flows. Yeah, and it, you can reference that as far as what they're seeing like, mm-hmm. in interesting ways too. And then you have um, Stephen Young, who's got this elaborate um, red cowboy suit on that has yeah, there's like bedazzled the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just a there's a lot of like fun choices being right. made here to make these you know identifiable characters, but like just give them things that seem in tune with who they are as well. So yeah. There's also like there's a jacket, like a sweatshirt that Kaluya wears that's one of the better jokes in this movie by the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like you understand where he's coming from. He puts this thing on. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and not for nothing, then we should get to spoilers after this. But yes. this is this is a movie where um the, the lead characters you you have you have you have a black man, a, a queer black woman, mm-hmm. a Korean American man, a Latin American man, 
and then Michael Wincott. I mean, but like you have people <laughs> that you don't necessarily see all the time leading these movies, let alone making the guiding decisions right. of them yeah. and being involved in all of the action. Uh, yeah. So it's, you know, and and done so without necessarily, I mean, we'll get to the theme of this movie and the messaging behind it, but like it, these, these characters themselves aren't going out of their way to be like, isn't it crazy that we're black and doing this? Like, it's not, it's not yeah, going I was gonna say like, that. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, that, that's a great segue just to get into spoilers right now. Yeah, so uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. quickly, but as we're jumping into spoilers, one of the things that I I specifically loved about the film, and I, I and this is what I love about Jordan Peele, is that his love of movies is so incredible, and his knowledge of movies, and the celebrating the history of the first actor stuntman that was so cool guys sure. it really yeah. is it, it, this movie would find itself right at home with like once upon a time in hollywood as far as movies right? that respect the history mm-hmm. and want to do that in an interesting way mm-hmm. absolutely with all that let's get to spoilers now so if you have not seen nope and you intend to we're gonna keep talking about the movie but just be aware yeah. we're gonna be talking more about the movie as far as what's going on in it what's happening in it what the reveals are and anything else so, yeah check the time code skip ahead to to games yeah exactly <laughs> um so with with that in mind where do you want to start with this where, 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 yeah where, first things first yeah. let's the first things first is um Let's just get into it. What did you guys think of the reveal of what the UFO actually is? That was wild. Oh my god! I, I love that you again, like, it's not trying to like hide it. It's putting it in plain sight. It's just as yeah. far as how much you tend to, you know, how much you glean from the information being presented to you. Yeah. I like that. Like, I can't say that I knew what it was doing right away, but like the way Kaluuya started talking about it, it's like I feel like I know what he's getting at, and then mm-hmm. you get to understand. It's like, oh, so this is it's not a ship it's the alien like that's yeah. what it is that's such a fun like <laughs> and the way it progresses and you see more it's like oh okay like this is just it's just like it's taking a shape for a specific purpose to be right. you know, yeah. you know, yeah. faster basically is the reason and, and that mm-hmm. reveal is incredible and i i agree with you that there's like lead up to it but when you when you come to the realization like your own personal realization of it you're just like i've never seen this on the screen before like we're always accustomed to seeing UFOs as UFOs, flying saucers. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, what if the actual, um, like the object that you saw was the monster? Like there's no little green men inside. It is just the entire monster. Like you don't know what kind of monster it is. Like, is it a scout? Is it just like this feral animal kind of thing? But it, it was such a cool, and the audience just dug it as well. Like, when when you start uh, when it starts it gets more it gets more uh, gory in terms of not gory but it gets more like violent in terms of what it does to like the people over at the ranch and the show like Stevie Yen's characters, but everybody was really really on board with it and I think that there was like a really like a huge buy-in at that moment. So um, let me uh-huh. let me say right now about that whole sequence because that's there's the Gordy thing that we're talking to talk about yes but that sequence at the ranch. It's like it's terrifying and it's just masterfully done because they're like, for one thing, just the the ominous threat of like Stephen Young thinks he has everything under control and then you realize he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then they are, the way they're looking up and then you just cut to black and then you cut to inside of the ship where the people are presumably being digested. Yeah, and the it's almost like they're being the esophagus. In the esophagus, the angle. It oh, takes, good god, that was horrific. Ang- the angle yeah. it takes, where it's just like a sliver of the screen, and you're seeing someone being like basically pushed up this thing and right. eaten. It's so good. It's such yeah. a great like. It it's not explicit as it needs to be, but it's like 
it's shocking and it's unnerving and just like the the it's i just i was so wowed by just that choice that yeah. peel and hoitama came up with as far as let's just show like this vertical angle of this thing yeah. happening yeah it's great and and the screams when yes he, yeah he, oh, oh yeah oh my god that uh-huh. was so it was so unsettling because it was so simple so simple yet when that thing rolls by and you just hear this these poor horrible screaming right. of these people you're like oh my god this is terrifying yeah i think that's a really nice like not subversion but it's really nice detail that that peel is adding too just like you know you i at first i thought that these screams were just because people were being abducted into a ship and they're just like you know whirling away and then you yeah. realize it's because they're like pleading for their lives yeah. and they're being digested same with the horses yeah yeah, yeah. and the same with the horses that you're just like oh this is so gross that like you know it's flying around this little part of like this ranch or this like you know uh area and the screams are because like it's slowly eating these people and they're trying to get out and it's there's, so disturbing there's a fun like not a fun but there's a neat neat thing too when you really since you realize that you know it's eating everything the, the fact that kalu is selling uh jupe uh the horses and yeah. he it, you know and you realize this once you think about it is that when Kaluuya starts asking, it's like, I want to set up a thing of how I can buy them back. Yeah. He gives a look. Yes. And you, at first you think, okay, he just doesn't want to do it or something. And you're like, oh, it's because they don't exist anymore. <laughs> That's why he can't just right. buy them back. Yeah, yeah. He can't tell them that. He can't tell them that I'm feeding this thing horses. <laughs> it's just I wild. caught that look too. And at first I was like, well, maybe it's one of those things where it's like he admires his business acumen. Exactly. But and then, then you're, you're like, like well, it's cool that, you, that, that you're trying to like get your house back together kind of thing after your father died. Mm-hmm. But it's more just like, no, I've been using them as like a experiments <laughs> and you're never going to get them back and so it, it's just a really really cool like again as you're revealing these things um last before, last, oh, yeah. last thing about the 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 reveal or whatnot it, it as far as like the the visual effects on this thing are great like they are flawless to me yeah uh, but like the when you as we realize more and more about like what it is there's that great shot in the music's great too where it's all like in, in full adventure mode where Kaluuya's in the horse trying to like get away from the thing and it uh-huh. and, you, and it turns on its side and you see mm. like you see that like it starts to billow and that's when you realize it's not solid right and that, i yeah. thought that was just so cool because you've already realized that it's like sentient right that it's not like a ship or it's something else is going on right but the fact that you see that it's not like a metal structure that you yeah. see it's like oh there's like this is something else that it's just really cool stuff like that that i kept yeah. being yeah. by. and that's sort of like makes me think of like some carpenter s type stuff um obviously like um the thing comes to mind but also um you know lovecraftian stuff like when it when it goes into like sure. full like I, I reveal is too too simple of a word but, like when it goes into like full bloom and full blossom yeah, like, yeah. it's actually really beautiful like it's it's a weird like yeah. contrast and we're gonna get to some themes here soon but you know like in any case like yeah let's get to the 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 Jordy section okay so <laughs> So Gordy, Gordy, <laughs> Gordy's home. Yeah. Uh, this is this is the show that Stephen Young's character was on when he was a child actor. This whole thing, I I, <laughs> I love how it's pieced together. Where you get a you get some of it at the beginning, and it just throws you through a loop. Right, you walked in, you're thinking, I'm going to watch a UFO movie. Why am I seeing something on some show? And there's yeah. a there's a chimpanzee, the Terry Notary. Um, right. Like, like, what's this going to be? And then you, you get glimpses of, of, and then he talks about it. And the explanation he has of it is brilliant because he uses SNL as the example, as if like there's some fictional history where SNL made fun and of everybody's nodding, like, like they've seen the clip, you know? And, but, and the, 
it's so specific, like wonderfully specific as yeah. well, where he has to describe like the actor. So it's like, he, okay, what's a 1998 era SNL thing? It's like, oh yeah, so you have Sherry Terry, Anna Gasteyer, uh, Scott, Scott Wolf is the host. Yeah, <laughs> and then then the way he like just relishes saying Chris Kattan, who's just. Yeah crushing it like the way he incorporates all that detail that's great writing for one thing but it's also hilarious it's hilarious like what's what's so good about it is like did i actually miss this sketch that's how that's how real i thought that this was was like did i like i've known that chris katana was like mango but like i can't see him as like this like breakaway chimpanzee that goes crazy on a set i was like did i really miss like did they actually do a sketch and he's just actually just like relating it to his movie but no, it's, it's all fictionalized. And it's, but it's just a, the, that, that description alone. And then you get like a lone shot of like his terror on his face hiding under a table. Yeah. But then we get to a whole segment that just lays out what happened. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, as you already described, Dave, it's, and, and Jimmy, like, it's terrifying yeah. to just see this unfold. Brutal, guys. It's yeah. freaking brutal. <laughs> and it, it really and, is. And just, and I love the way that, the camera's so on point here where it shows you just enough. It gives you this tracking shot where you follow it through backstage and come up across like what's happened. Right. And even then you're still obscured from a lot of it, but you can tell like shit went down. Somebody's lying on the floor and he's not, and Gordy's not done. Like, yeah, oh my this, God. Is, this is where you're talking about sound design comes in. I was like, I don't like the sound design. Like yeah. it, it, it's very good, <laughs> but it's so like Jimmy used the word visceral earlier. It's like, it's very visceral. And I was like, yeah. I know what's happening here. And this is where Jordan Peele is a master. It's like a, a, a less talented director would be like, let me cut to an insert shot of what Gordy is doing to this co-star of, of, of Stephen Young's who turns out to be like um, the, the Cersei character in, in the show. But it's like, no, let me leave it to the imagination of the audience and it'll be even worse. And like, it's so effective. And again, this is like, I don't know. I, I it's such a, like, a, a like, um, it fits in theme with like what you're doing right now, Jim, with your, your other podcast of, of uh, killer kids, but yeah. um, kids that kill. Sure. Sorry. But um, it, it really can. is like the white knuckle part where like, I don't think anybody said anything in the audience, but we were all staring at the screen because we didn't know where oh it was God, going. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're sort of held captive because the camera's moving for you in different it's ways. Beautifully framed in IMAX. Like this yeah. is a movie where there's so much, you know, the whole land is out there to use. And, but this like enclosed location is one where it's like, look at this just big IMAX presentation of this. Thing. Yeah. It's just great what the to, to further go into this because it's just fascinating to me i, I i'm so at odds with some reviews that i've seen where they say it's like yeah it, it's well made but ultimately empty and i'm like what movie watch where it's empty like if you don't like it, you don't like it but to say it's empty it's like there you don't have a scene like this that has nothing to do with the current plot it's all about character and theme and say the movie's empty overall like there's so much here yeah you know, as far as just people like wanting to let the film breathe in a very unique way uh, where you, you, if you want to just tell a straightforward, we found a UFO, right. let's deal with it. He could tell he did that. Like that's there. Yeah. But instead you have this whole sequence inserted that's already been hinted at multiple times. And now you have like the, it the, opens the movie. It opens the movie. Yeah. And, and now you have like the full on, like here's something that went down and it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the alien. It just, let's show you what's going on in Jupe's mind yeah. and how that reflects on the other characters. Mm -hmm. and, and this I is an example of like me saying, Hey, I know that there's more meaning to this. I'm, I'm choosing to just like, 
I'm, I'll think about it later kind of thing. And that's where I was like, I can, I can understand what some of those other critics are saying. Just like, well, what does that have to do with like this UFO movie or this creature feature that I'm watching here? Um, especially like when you're cutting in and out and then all of a sudden you get this extended sequence of what happened, what really happened. And I was, I think at, at first a little bit confused, but also at the same time, I was appreciative of what I saw. And then again, as we're getting into themes later, you're just like, this is exactly the same theme that he's giving the rest of the movie as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. To, um, to mm-hmm. ex- just to explore for my end, as far as Please. what I, th- where I took this as like, I mean, understandably it's an ape, but I mean, you're seeing literally a performing monkey. Like that's what yeah. you're watching. Like that's, that's this sequence. Yeah. And by having that, like it's showing like, okay, this is what happens when things get out of control. If this performing monkey that you want to goad on, right. and let do its thing. And the way that reflects on jupe is like, you have this kid who found fame early on and then didn't have it anymore. Right. And, and this, this message he's taken away. It's like, well, I, I just, I, I'm going to find my own performing monkey and, and profit off of that. Like that's his, that's where he ultimately goes and it's his downfall. Yeah. Uh, there's more there's more to there's get into on that more, but like yeah. it's some, but summing it up like just the the briefest of ways it's like i all that stuff is so like interesting to me and that and then you tie that into like what what uh with the with the haywood the haywood um ranch mm-hmm. and there being horse trainers that have no respect whatsoever yeah. uh let alone kaluuya at this point he's like the product you can argue he's the product of nepotism but at the and then there's something clever here where director Oz Perkins is one of the guys at the beginning of the movie and it's like who's the son of Anthony Perkins and he plays this oh guy who's God. like slightly in charge on the set yeah. for this commercial and he's you know a white man versus right. this black guy who gets no respect even like the actress that comes on is like where's the old man and, not, and, not even the actress is also like the, the other her producer. fucking agent yeah he's just and like dismissive of him and it's just like all these little things coming together as far as let's show you what people of color have to deal with when it comes to this kind of thing yeah and it's you know, like Get Out is obviously like more explicit in this. Us has some ideas that it's tackling in this regard, but along with class and various sure. other things. This movie is like the least explicit in that manner, but it's yeah. not. It's not. It's 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 not hard to notice. It's really not for me as far as yeah. where why we're seeing these specific characters, why they're in the certain positions they are as far as where they work, what sure. they've had to deal with, and what have you. Yeah, and just and if there's any way that they want to emphasize that, it's like. Here, here's here's the extreme example. Here's Gordy, a chimpanzee right. that's forced to perform in front of people. Uh, they don't care about its regard in any way until something goes wrong. Then what do they do? They shoot it, and it's like they just take just get yeah. rid of it out of there. The second it messes up, gone. <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't matter why. He's the problem. Let's get rid of him. Yeah, t- just to close out uh, the Stephen Yen character uh, part. You know what I was sort of alluding to earlier, which I couldn't get into, is like this is an all this stuff that happens to him as a young child actor in this, in this sequence is horrific sequence. It informs him later just because it's just like, great. Well, you thought that you had this unique ability to communicate with supernatural things or things that, that were not of your control. Mm-hmm. And you, you didn't, because again, like I love that the previous segment before we get to the, the, the full on, uh, extended sequence is like he's like you know that was the original fist bump i i think the audience laughed you know like the uh, the fist bump burst the exploding uh, fist bump the exploding fist bump yeah <laughs> and um you know what's what's so tense about that sequence is like again it's it's 
two POVs, but then there's the there's the Steven Yen POV, and you're not sure what the fuck is happening, and you're really worried for him. <laughs> and uh-huh. and then all of a sudden you just see like the fist bump, and, and to your point, it, it gets taken out. But yeah, I mean the Yen character, like he just believes that he's got this ability to sort of speak. So he's this like messianic type figure in the future. And he's like, you know, guys, trust me, like I've got everything under control. And I love that. It's like, it does. You don't. Um, but again, largely the theme on, on point of the entire movie. He, he takes away the wrong lesson. He thinks he can control yeah. something. And he's, cause he's been in this experience where it's like, clearly I have kinship with, with Gordy. I can make that work again. And he doesn't like, yeah. he, he takes exactly the wrong lesson away. And he right. basically repeats history yeah. um, in the, the craziest way possible. Yeah. Uh, with tragic results. I mean, a bunch of innocent people die, including his co-star, who was mangled by the chimpanzee. Right, yeah. uh, it's like, oh my God. It's, it's so, Brutal. so terrible. Yeah, and she's still wearing her sweater, like her character sweater, which is like, oh man. And it, you know, it's wild because like this movie's R, it's R mainly for language. Like the violence is like well, and blood, one extended bloody sequence but yeah, yeah but even even that like there's there's ways to do that to where yeah. I think it's, no it's actually played for like comedic absurdist laugh but what i'm saying is like it's you know for the most this is like a fun adventure type movie with horror in it uh sure. but you have like a sequence like that or others that just like operate on this level that just yeah. works so well for it like i mean it, among the other references obviously like shine on signs comes up and that was like a pg-13 movie in its day and it's not a you know intense movie in terms of violence it's more about the scares or that mm-hmm. and i think peel's clearly like aiming for that as well he just wants to have these kinds of characters and have them speak a certain way mm-hmm. and because wow. of that it's like why compromise when i can have my vision in place here and i think yeah. he accomplishes that well yeah um a, a different theme that i was thinking about too um especially like one that's a little bit more in the nose and it, before the movie starts i mean it actually did start but after before we see any visualizations we were given like this passage from i guess the bible um where essentially like you know it's about spectacle and taking a look at me and the more that you take a look at me like if you're going to do horrendous things like i'm going to make you not be able to to look away kind of thing um terrible paraphrasing but i really enjoyed that this entire movie has this concept of like how do we as a a society at large or as individuals like how do we like just view things document things and i i love that aspect of it too because nobody's immune from this like not even oj or emerald are immune from this idea of like well there's something there i'd love to capture it like on film uh yeah. for for my own purposes right um whether it be uh, good or ill and the the primest example of this is sure the the gordy thing uh with steven young's character but there's like a tmz report that shows up and this thing and it really gave me vibes of like nightcrawler uh jake gyllenhaal's movie sure, sure. of just oh, like yeah. like i've got to capture this because it's gonna it's gonna be sensationalist and it's gonna sell um, yeah. it also gave me vibes of don't look up where you're where it's like guys like i'm trying to tell you something terrible is happening it's like what a hilarious like lovable guy this guy is you know it, it it's funny because this movie could have just as well been called don't look up um but oh, also yeah. Yeah, but the thing you're saying as far as this fascination and curiosity people have in order to achieve a certain kind of fame. Mm-hmm. That's also, again, it's their downfall by looking yeah. up is the problem, but looking up is what kills you where right. like, it, it clearly realizes like you can't look at it. Don't look it in the eye. It'll come yeah. after you. It'll bite you. And it's, mm. <laughs> and, it, and in addition to that, going further off, like the, the idea of, uh, of trying to capture this on film or what have you, like yeah. the whole goal of these characters and specifically, specifically with the, with the, um, with, with, uh, 
the Haywood with the Haywoods, yeah, with yeah. Uh, OJ and and M. Mm-hmm. I, they want to do it because for one thing, it's on their land. They've essentially seen it first, and they want to be sure to prove that before everyone else comes in and takes it away from them. Right. Just as things tend to happen with people like that. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's just like, and they, the 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 lengths they go to accomplish this, the the way Wincott gets involved in this, it becomes just too stunned to do want to do anything otherwise but keep capturing this. Yeah. Uh, like I just all of that, just the way it the way it flows, the way there's all these items put into place that come into play later in the film always a wonder to me when you just see that kind of mechanics in play and you're like it's mm-hmm. like oh okay this, this all this stuff was properly set up like there's no yeah. <laughs> yeah. well uh, and you gotta like you know there one of the coolest aspects of the film is like okay we can't you know whenever it's there the creatures around all the you know they 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 did wonderful set design by the way with all the the wavy guys yep. uh, yeah you know, the power goes out every time and they they they, they how they figure out to get the camera get the shot mm-hmm. is absolutely divine that was a great scene mm-hmm. it was smart it was you knew you didn't really think of it at the time they introduced it but then you're like holy shit that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah. i love that there was there is a lot I, I guess that's the way peel works he he he's he's very thoughtful in mm-hmm. his construction of his stories he's a storyteller a really incredible storyteller and i think this movie the more i think about it, it's just pretty amazing <laughs> yeah it is yeah this discussion that, that i'm having with you guys it's kind of just really opening it up to just being like a pretty amazing movie i but, think what uh, i think what helps is that it's it's not like get out and us aren't crowd pleasing in their own ways get out can be very crowd pleasing especially based on where it goes the, yeah yeah because you, you need yeah. to see some kind of justice happen and then us is on a different kind of just because it, but there's i watched us the other day because i hadn't mm-hmm. watched it in a while and i like it a lot uh but it's like and it's fun watching something like that separated from the marketing where like it's not like i forgot that there are doubles in that movie but it's like it is fun to be like oh that's right that's like where this is going and <laughs> when that all happens <laughs> but also the movie's also really funny like there's a lot of fun mm-hmm. in that yeah, movie yeah. Uh, this operates in a similar pattern. What I'm saying is it's very, it is crowd pleasing um, despite having like, you know, the gory sequence or having things that are not necessarily always pleasant, but certainly engaging and, and draws you in in a manner where you want to be and you want to have filmmakers like this that can make these ambitious choices yet still do something that's workable for an right. audience that they yeah. want to follow along with this thing. Yeah. I really think that there's like, uh, again, like a deep dive that we could do maybe in a later episode where it's just like, let's just peel back every layer with all of our conspiracy theorists, friends, um, not necessarily conspiracy theories, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, there's just a really great use of it. I have a question for you guys here. Uh, uh, yeah. Aaron, I, I do want to get back to one of your themes too, but like the use of title cards here, like what would you guys think of the use of title cards? Like at first I was like, I don't know why I'm getting title cards. Um, for horse names, um, yeah. but I, I wasn't sure if you guys had a take. It's not something I thought too much about mm-hmm. um, as far as why this was needed beyond like, you know, interesting ways to break up the axe, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like, I, you know, you get the different horse, you get a lucky, right. uh, you, get, you, get um, ghost. you get ghost. And I, I, you know, those terms I do, like if, if I watch it more, I think you'll 
probably, it'll, uh, probably re- it'll probably resonate why I'm seeing probably. those specific horse names at those times. Uh, some are more obvious. One's Gordy, which is the Gordy sequence. Yeah, yeah. And one's Jean Jacket, which is what they named the creature. Right. <laughs> so it's like, okay, that's yeah. I, you know, as far it's obviously breaking up the film in certain ways, but yeah, sure. I, it's something I'd look forward to exploring more as I revisit it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. You know, just explain it more. So like it's, anyway. it's obviously it's obviously dealing with specific horses during some of those sequences, right? But, yeah, and yeah. and that's why it kind of throws me off. It's like, well, you know, the the sequence is just the horse running away, but um, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe there's just like something more to it. Um, Aaron, you you're so talking about like um this theme of um uh, people of color uh mm-hmm. being in this movie and all being lead roles in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also like the Hollywood machine and how it how it comes into play. And I dug that that aspect of it, too, because there's oh, just, good. you know, yeah, a, a really good sense of like, I didn't even think of like when I'm thinking about this movie, I'm like, oh, great. It's a Jordan Peele horror movie starring Daniel Kaluuya um, and some others. And then you're watching the screen. It's like there's not really a whole lot of like other people in this movie except for these folks. No. Uh, and it, it's really cool to see that. But then also like the meaning behind it, like what you discussed with Brandon uh, Angel's uh, character, but then everybody else, you know, like the Haywood Ranch, like, you know, we discussed the history of of nobody knowing that it was uh, a black man on a horse with the 16 frames kind of thing. Um, everyone just like thinks about the, the filmmaker and director. And mm-hmm. it's it's just a really interesting pathway to go down of just like, by the way, like Hollywood does definitely like uses and abuses to some degree and then maybe even like to a harsh degree um, but very much so i mean it, it's not unfortunate it, it traces it right i mean you get that right at the beginning yes when when she talks about the you know the first footage of on film was a black man on a horse and it's like that yeah. does that doesn't go away and that's what i was talking about with kalia and the iconography it's going for as far as establishing a lone man like this yeah going against this you know impossible threat and succeeding, essentially, being the hero. Same with Palmer, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Both of them are essentially riding alone at various points against this giant thing. And they're the hero. And yeah. it's not its not hard to look at, you know, Peel's thoughts on Western, regardless of how much he appreciates various Westerns, I'm sure he does. He's, you know, as a filmmaker, he appreciates film. But there is this romanticized version of the West on film where there were only white cowboys, you know? There's only yeah. John Wayne. There was only, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood. Like, and it's very much not the case in reality there's, there's pl- plenty there's oh, absolutely oh, nothing oh. truthful about the the basically most westerns there's absolutely nothing <laughs> truthful about them and so, and so having a movie yeah. like this and it's not the first movie that you know features black cowboys there's yeah. a there's a buck and preacher poster in the house a sydney plottier film with harry right. belafonte like it's, yeah. it's not Peel knows what he's doing but he's certainly you know and it's captured in Michael Abel's score as well where you have this like this and especially at the end you have this very heavy western motif as you see this yeah. lone rider sitting in the distance in the dust after they've you know everything's all said and done basically a hero shot exactly yeah. and it's just like yeah. I, I wouldn't you know given this movie I wouldn't have thought that what started as a UFO movie would end on like a yellow screen with western mu- right, you know, hero music playing over right. the credits and it's like that's just wonderful it's a wonderful way yeah. to be like to counterbalance everything you just saw, which ends with a showdown of a a, a Korean balloon <laughs> versus an alien. <laughs> it's, it's your barrels of, of TNT, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I also, you know, when when I was watching the movie the first time, one of the things that took me, and this is a little, just a little odd thing that I loved, I was watching the cast list, and suddenly I saw Donna Mills. I'm like, mm-hmm. Donna Mills. She hasn't been, you know. 
she was big in the 70s, the 80s, and Knott's Landing. She did a, a TV movie called The Curse of the Black Widow, which, mm-hmm. oh my God, I used to love that when it was on at midnight. Uh, <laughs> and she's in the movie. She, It is her. I was like, holy shit, that's Donna Mills right there. She's the actress in the uh, with the horse. And you're yeah. just like, that's kind of, he, I love that he's kind of doing the, doing the Quentin Tarantino thing, like bringing her, Michael Wincott. That is so cool. It, it's really smart. And it, it again, shows his knowledge of and yeah. history of this, this, this crazy business. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really cool because it adds value where you as an individual, individual viewer, mm-hmm. if you know, if you're in the know, then you're in the know. Like, I didn't know that information, but now I'm just like, oh, that's actually a really cool, like, again, like, uh, like a, a cool little tidbit or like piece of trivia. Yeah. That yeah. Just adds to your own um, enjoyment of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just like little things I want to mention. Just yes, there's please. Cool stuff in here. I guess so. Um, <laughs> one, one just I found just kind of interesting. There was that, remember that period after Get Out where Peel was like, uh, I'm attached to do Akira next. And then that didn't happen, thankfully. And he made original movies instead of like some kind of $200 million bomb that wasn't going to happen. Um, yes. But <laughs> in this movie, who knows? But I mean, Akira, just, let's stop trying this. Like, just, uh-huh. let's leave it as. But there's that great shot of Kiki Palmer on the motorcycle when she does like the skid, like in Akira. Oh, uh, and, yeah. I, and I kept thinking that has to be like his reference to this. <laughs> just his Akira shot. I wouldn't right be here. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> as the motorcycle just slide in like that. It's a very yeah. repeated shot in general, but it's like, it's just that felt very like. <laughs> Here's my anime shot for the movie. Right I wouldn't be surprised. Um, um, just a few things as we're as we're wrapping up the, the spoiler section in this review. Um, that that thing that we we're talking about, like that first that first uh, barn thing. Yeah. So fucking fun. Like oh yeah. Like when the steady shot of or I'm sorry, like just like the wide shot and like the the first kid coming up mm-hmm. was great. Everyone was like, oh my gosh. And then the reveal of like the second kid poking its head out. Oh yeah, was that's, so fun. Oh my, that's oh, what people. That's what people so on my good. screening like jumped. There's yeah, like, oh, there's another one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so fun. And then you know it cuts back to Daniel, and the, like the third kid is there, and well, he's even, like, he, "Oh my he, god!" That, I mean, that's great too. And then he punches it, which he is the perfect. Him. And you get the exact right reaction there. But that like that shot where the you know the little heads like coming around the corner. And then it oh, stops and yeah. he's just filming with his flip phone because he's that technology. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you're just waiting for it to pop out and it does it. And he, it's the slowest pop out it could do as far as like, you know, it's right there behind the fence. <laughs> like wait so long yeah. to pop his head out. That's for one thing, good prank by those kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. Uh, but they got their on foot. That's crazy. <laughs> but just great, great, great tension. Yeah. Really fun. Like again, uh, like, that's like the fun kind of scares. Uh, and then the other thing is also like just the other uh, sequence that I really enjoyed was, um, uh, you know, when, when the creature, the alien thing is just like, well, I don't eat inorganic things. So I'm going to spit all these like keys, coins, everything, like a wheelchair out because huh. I can't consume it. But then also like all this extra blood. Yeah. And it it's raining. House, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like, here's your house just covered in blood and i'm like this is such a weird like cool sequence to watch and i I love that that's why it's a white house (laughs) so you can have a shot like that yeah (laughs) also do you think the alien was fucking with him at that point yes oh yeah at that point because it can do that anywhere right but it's like i'm gonna do it directly over exactly (laughs) like (laughs) oh this is your like that's where like peels like absurd humor comes in it's just like this is your house Fuck your house. 
<laughs> and then it waits above him, right? It, like it throws a horse into like Kaluuya's uh, car. It's like I'm just gonna wait here until like you wake up. <laughs> There's some great like that that scene where it's where it's like it's dawn and it's really like foggy out and stuff there's some great like silhouette work in that in that sequence as well which i really enjoy like there's i can't wait to like see this more because there's a lot as a director he's just so like leveled up as far as like what he wants to do with framing and using the imax cameras and just and and i believe the movie itself is shot on film in general like it just it just has a a great look to it yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely all right. Well, when should people go and see Nope? It's currently playing in theaters and IMAX. Jimmy, when should people see this movie? Uh, right away. Right away. Go. It's fun. It's a blast. You'll have a great time. Abe? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's a theater movie. And, and even though I had some some gripes with like the runtime and maybe like some chunks here and there, um, like it certainly is a, a very crowd-pleasing, fun movie to see with an audience. Yeah. I completely agree. I think this is IMAX worthy. It's shot on IMAX nice. cameras. It makes yeah. great use of the IMAX photography. I don't see a reason not to see if you what this is spectacle in a theater that deserves to be viewed in the way yeah. it was meant to be seen. Like um, I, I think just like to cap off too, it, it's it's a movie that is swinging for the fences. Like it's got a lot of big ideas in it, and it's being played during like summer, like he, summer heavy action months. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. good on good on Universal and good on Peel for doing this kind of movie for sure yeah okay let's uh let's move on yes let's let's get to uh hey, what um what uh, what time is it over here i think it might be time for a couple games here little known fact that's actually kiki palmer's uh ringtone but then she keeps it on vibrate only in the movie yeah. Oh, gotcha. Which gotcha. is also a great detail of like they pick up the phones in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I have a I have a couple games for you guys this week. Let's do it. This first one is called Yes, Nope, and Maybe. <laughs> uh, these are going. I'm going to give you alternate movie titles for films that feature uh, either the words Yes, No, or Maybe in them. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to read you some alternate movie. We haven't played alternate movie titles in a long time. (laughs) Here's the first one. Insect boy, unable to find dwelling. Abe. Abe. Spider-Man, no way home. That is correct. Yes. You're on on the board. (laughs) It's so dumb. (laughs) This game. (laughs) Here's the next one. Affirmative, sir. Uh, Abe. Abe. Yes, man. Yes, man, is the correct. Wow, the Jim Carrey movie? That's correct. (laughs) Here's the next one. Lacking a period to be deceased. Um, Lacking a period to be deceased. I'm thinking of vampire movies, but Abe? Abe? No time to die. No time to die is the correct answer. I'm just letting Abe do this. I, I, this is not my game. This is not. I'm like I, I. If I have to think too much, I'm like, just. No, I'm. I'm I, I have it. Well, I got a few more. Okay. Oh, good God. Positively, perhaps. Positively. Uh, J- Jimmy as Abe. <laughs> Definitely, maybe. Definitely, maybe is the correct answer. Yes. <laughs> Here's two more. Okay. <laughs> Positive twenty-four hours. Positive twenty-four hours. 
This one, you might get me. No, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Positive 24 hours. Every title has yes, no, or maybe in the title. Um, Positive 24 hours. I mean, I'm trying to think of like yes clock, but (laughs) (laughs) nothing's coming to mind here immediately. So I I might not get this one. Jimmy, any thoughts? No, not at all. Yes, day is the correct answer. On yes. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I would would not have gotten that yet. Nope, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> You're on here's, theme. Here's the last one. Okay. For all time, stand. For all time, stand as a possibility. For all time, stand as, as a, possi- a possibility. As or is. As a possibility. For all time, stand as a possibility. <laughs> yes. Have fun with the same. Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> um, for all time, stand as a possibility. I I have no idea. This is a good one though. Always be my maybe. Oh my gosh. Good God. I mean, Ali Wong, friend of the show. <laughs> well, Abe, despite uh, utterly failing at those last two, you still dominated this game. Jimmy got one point. Sure. No, I, I did not get it. I, I to be honest, I you know I'm not really good at that kind of stuff. So I just I I kind of faked out. <laughs> all good. It's all good because here's a, here's a second game which you yes. might be a little more adept at. I'll uh, suck at this too, but hey, I'm trying. I'm gonna, I might try this one. We'll okay. Well, here the, this game is called UFO or hold on to your UA potatoes. First of all, the UFO chef's kiss <laughs> <laughs> not for hold on to your ua potatoes i mean that one's good too but <laughs> UFO is one. like oh. a good shirt <laughs> yeah the other one's good yeah all right UFO. so this game i'm going to give you the taglines for films featuring ufos in them oh no okay, okay. Jimmy, jimmy's gonna do fun. way better okay so here's the first one okay man is the warmest place to hide what uh, <laughs> uh Abe? Abe. Alien 3. Incorrect. Alien 3. No. Okay. Man no, is the... Mm-hmm. I got it. I, I know what it is. It's the thing. It is the thing. Oh, yeah, the okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was on the same track. I was like, what what hibernates or, or you know, uses body? Yeah. To, to sure. Yeah. <laughs> you still got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and notice I didn't go for like the first two. I went for the third one. <laughs> yeah, that was a bold choice. Here's the next one. Don't make plans for August. Uh, Abe. Abe. Independence Day? That is correct. Wow. That's a good tagline. Go. Good that's job, a great tagline. I love that tagline. Don't make plans for August. That's a that's yeah. a really fun tagline. The Did other tagline. I really, I'm I'm one of the few people that really do not like Independence Day. I hated that movie. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, all right. yeah, so I'm not a fan. It's, we'll invite it's you up for the 30th it's, anniversary it's, then. I know people love it and I get it. I, it's just not my jam. Okay. <laughs> all right. The other tagline is the day we fight back. Mm. Um, okay, next one is a little obscure. Why are they here? Oh, okay. shoot. Jimmy? Oh, fuck. Why uh, are they here? Uh, 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 um, oh, I, 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 yeah, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Arrival. No, yeah, Amy, not it's Arrival, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's Amy Adams. Amy Adams. But wow, you got, you got that's the, the tagline? Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. why are they here? Oh, I mean, like you said it more whimsically, but yeah. No, yeah, why no, are they here? Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Why are they here? I'm trying to do my hair right now. Why are they here? Looks Cause... good, Abe, by the way. I, I'm really impressed. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think the uh, 
the uh, the the duck bill is going to work out for you. <laughs> it's Here's coming back. Song. Yeah. He is afraid. He is totally alone. He is three million light years from home. Oh, I know this uh, with Jimmy. Jimmy. Extra. What? Extra. Oh wait, no, shoot. Extra. Yeah, that is not extra. That, that, no. No. This, this is your movies all involving UFO. Yes. He is afraid. He is totally alone. He is three million light years from home. Shit, I know this one. God damn it! Million light years. Hey, wait, can I jump in if I think of it? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm not going to get it right. Abe, mm-hmm. Osmosis Jones. It, he's no, fly, he's, he's in his body. Car. He's not a light years from home. Why? Am I, why did I forget? E.T. phone home. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, that's it. It's E.T. phone home. Sorry. Our, I was looking at the other one. Our previous the commentary. The thing was in me. Yeah. Our previous commentary. Man, yeah. he's three million light years from home. That's so sad. He yeah. wasn't around the corner. He's yeah. on the green planet. That's not yeah. close. <laughs> Here's the next one. All right, I got a couple here. Okay. Monsters come in many forms. Ooh, oh, uh, Ooh. uh, Abe? Oh, shoot. Abe? Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Incorrect. Mm. No, 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 no. Well, I guess it, it wouldn't it, be Monsters. It's more of a... No. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, oh, oh the, 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 the clo- 10 Cloverfield Lane. There you go. You wow. got it. Wow, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, because <laughs> the nine. character. <laughs> yeah. Not nine. Yeah. The other tagline was, outside is dangerous, inside is terrifying. That's exactly. a good tagline. Yeah, that's, that's a good, a good one. one. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, he's going to kill you and put your body in acid. Yeah, exactly. I actually watched that too. Uh, again, just, to, just to get brush up on it. Yeah. Well, well, the Dan Tractor Bird directs Prey, so I oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Here's the next one: protecting the Earth from the scum of the universe. Oh, no, Jimmy. Jimmy. Men in Black. Men in Black. Nice. Yeah. What if he? Had, what if he had been chosen Men in Black Two? <laughs> or Men in Black? Was the one with Chris Hemsworth? That that, that one. That, that's a uh, Men in Black Universal. International. 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 The yeah. problem is, I don't think I, don't, I can't recall UFOs in those movies. Like, uh, <laughs> there, there's one. There's very specifically one in Men in Black. Right. To, yeah. I'm sure there are, but it sure. all, even then, I think they're like spaceships as opposed to like unidentified flying objects are more like, yeah, that's one of those. Like they already right. know. Or this one has like actual UFO. Anyway, <laughs> here's the next one. They came here 28 years ago. Coexistence has never been easy. Why won't we let them leave? Whoa! Oh, it's a long tagline. Twenty-eight years ago. Wait, what was it again? They came here twenty-eight years ago. Coexistence has never been easy. Why won't we let them leave? Abe. Abe. District Nine. It is District Nine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You yeah. I should have said with a South African accent. You yeah. should have. District Nine. That's pretty okay, good. Let's let's hold that recording and play. Make sure to put it over <laughs> anything we can. All right, here's the next one. Got a couple here. I'm going to read both of them because the source of this year. He's coming to our galaxy. And then there's one in every family. Huh. Uh, uh, there's one in this one. Um, family. Uh, Abe? Abe? Lilo and Stitch. It is Lilo yes! and Stitch. Yeah, that's, I knew it was like some family movie or something. I forgot the name. Yes! He's catching up. Five oh, Jimmy, so Jimmy's far. in the lead. Jimmy's at five to three right oh, now. Like, I got. Yeah, I have three more. Okay, yeah. here we go. 
We had 20 years to prepare. So did they. It is. Oh, shoot. Uh, um, 20 years. Uh, did they, uh, uh, hold on. I'm trying to think of the title. Uh, Abe. Yeah. Abe. Independence Day Resurgence. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was pretty forgettable. My friend got cut out of that movie. This is a bummer. Uh, Your friend was Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'll never be able to talk to him because he slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. Okay. Nice planet. We'll take it. That's a funny tagline. <laughs> I could say it with more, or more earnestness. <laughs> nice planet. We'll take it. Um, it is uh oh yeah yeah uh it's uh jimmy uh mars attack mars attacks oh okay i was like uh it sounds whimsical but i don't know very whimsical yeah (laughs) nice planet will take it that's a good one yeah there's also yikes they've landed (laughs) 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 wait am i gonna be able to to don't worry about that let's just have fun Okay, all right. Here's the last one. Yeah. David is eight years late for dinner, and the US government wants to know why, but David has an excuse. An absolutely fantastic excuse. (laughs) That's a funny tagline. (laughs) David, eight years late for dinner? Mm -hmm. Abe? Abe? Our kid? Incorrect. Star Uh, Kid. Is that a movie? Like the the one with like Jurassic Park kid? I, I don't know if it's called Star Kid. Well, that doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> there is a story. Yeah, you're right. Joseph Mazzello, Sarkin. Him, yeah. Joseph, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember this one. This is an 80s movie. What's his name? David. David. Eight years late for dinner? An 80s movie? Mm-hmm. By the tone of it, you could probably think it's a kid's movie. Yeah, I'm trying to like go through like... What is, is, that, kids is it? Is it... Is it Mac and me or something? Oh my god. No. Oh. I'm like, if it's Mac and me, I'm like, I'm hoping you guys get this one. David is eight years late for you. Just gotta think of your sci-fi 80s kids movies. Oh, oh, uh, Explorers? You're close. You're so close. Oh. Jimmy, you're it's all you, buddy. It's Flight of the Navigator. I yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Explorers is like the other movie. You know, I actually never saw Flight of the Navigator. Fair, well, that would be why. Yeah, that's probably why we both didn't get it. (laughs) Like that, (laughs) that Explorers is like Last Starfighter. Also, like hit hit a certain Last Starfighter. Man, what a concept! What what happens in Flight of the Navigator? Like, what is he just like? He's taken into a spaceship. Um, he does stuff. Yeah, I guess he gets up to stuff. He he, well, he's he's from like because it goes he's from the seventies. He travels into the future. Oh. It has like an adventure with like a ship that I think it like talks. Uh-huh. It's actually very in line with uh, the movie. Night Raider. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. Abe, you came very close with four, but Jimmy, you won this game with six answers correct. Woo! Good job. Woo! Good job, Jimmy. And that's how you play UFO. I'm going to have to steal that for a later game. Okay. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> for all those water games we play. Yeah. H2O. <laughs> H2O. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that Whoa. was games. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over the various questions and answers. Our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash now podcast. We have some number of questions to the listeners and they give us some questions. Uh, or they give us some answers. Then then they also gave us some questions that we can answer. 
Yeah, first question here is, what are your favorite films featuring close encounters? Brian E. White, friend of the show, writes Buried. Napoleon Moore, friend of the show, has Independence Day. Rudin Acevedo has Acevedo has Signs, uh, friend of the show as well. Scott has The Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951. Christopher Hill writes Independence Day and Cocoon. Chris Cleland writes The Abyss and The Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. Philip Hurd has Signs and Super 8. And lastly, Justin Weathersby writes Mars Attacks. All these folks are friends of the show, by the way. Nice to hear back from Justin, oh. by the way. It's been a minute since he's been commenting. Yeah. He threw in one on every question this week. Um, Jimmy, any uh, favorite Close Encounters type movies? You know, I remember the old one uh, with, uh, gosh, who was that? Who was in this? Uh, a lot of good people. Robert Patrick, I believe. Uh, Fire in the Sky. Fire in the Sky with uh, Robert uh, Patrick, T1000? Who is it? Uh, yeah. Is uh, is a D.B. Sweeney in that also? Or, or Yeah, D.B. Sweeney. D.B. Sweeney? Uh, yeah, that's a good flick. It's a, it's a, it's based on a quote, true story. Uh, you know, it's it's about a guy that's on a camping trip, gets kidnapped, and it's uh, by uh, by abducted by aliens. It's a pretty good flick. I liked it a lot. I liked that one. I liked uh, um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Of course, that, yeah. You know, a classic, perfect movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are those two are great. Oh, and uh, Nope is pretty good too. Yeah, there you go. Huh. All right. Uh, next question here. Who are some great cinematic brother-sister teams? Chris Cleland has David and Mia from the Evil Dead remake and Ferris and Jeannie uh, from <laughs> Ferris Bueller. Uh, Philip Hurd has Luke and Leia from Return of the Jedi. Brian White, in front of the show, has Johnny and Sue Storm. Irene Johnson has Shuri and T'Challa. Hmm. And Justin Weathersby has has to be John and Joan Cusack in Gross Point Blank. Oh. I'm not going mm, to argue, argue anything with Gross Point Blank. So. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Any other brother sister teams to highlight? Who was the one with uh, Bill Hader and uh, Kristen Wiig? That the was Skeleton the Twins. Skeleton Twins. Yeah. We're, we are fans of that movie. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good that's call. A good one. Cinematic brother sister teams. I mean, I'm trying to think of something animated, but nothing's really coming. To well, mind. there's always ET. You know, you got the, guess, yeah. the, the Incredibles. Or brother one. sister team. The Incredibles. Yeah. There you go. Paranorman. Yeah, oh, Paranorman, yeah, Paranorman. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, black phone, guys! Oh, black phone. oh, yeah. what a great call! Yeah, yeah, and contemporary. You. you can still go see it in theaters. <laughs> yes, you can, and you should. Here you go, uh, Spy Kids. Spy Kids, yeah, they've got like four of them. Yeah, they do, and a new one coming soon. Five? I think I forget if it's a, it's a Netflix thing. I think I think I forget if it's a series or what. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. But Rodriguez is doing another. I mean, good, good he's man. back, baby. That's what he said. That's what it said. That's what Trejo said. I'm back, baby. (laughs) It's more spy kids. The next question is: Also, come get my tacos. (laughs) Is that is Trejo tacos? Uh, I saw him about tacos on his on his chest or something. Yeah, he he has he sells tacos here. Yeah, he has his stores. Okay. Uh, The next question here is: What are some memorable movie scenes where a character should have said nope? Uh, Chris writes: Midsummer, the cliff scene. Uh, Philip has the, the end of No Country for Old Men replaced the quarter ain't got no say with a simple nope and Shigura is so flummoxed that he gets up and leaves. Probably not going to be the case, but I, I like where your head's at, Philip. And Justin Weatherby writes, when Hammond invites Ellie and Grant to Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, movie scenes where people should have said nope. Uh, 2001, uh, every time they encounter that damn obelisk, they should just be like, nope, I'm out of here. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do something. You know what? We're on the moon. Moon's got other stuff. Let's see what else is going on. Yeah. 
I feel like every, literally every horror movie has a moment that we should be going, yeah, maybe rethink that. Right. I always think, you know, my favorite one is, is uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter when uh, she's, you know, she's looking down, she sees a guy getting beat up by Jason and it's pretty clear that he's not going to do okay. And mm-hmm. she's like, are you there? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, no. So she goes down after seeing him literally get beaten and she doesn't hear him say a word. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. Go down there. That's smart. Mm -hmm. So annoying. I love that movie though, by the way, but wow. (laughs) The final chapter. Yeah. The final chapter. It was the (laughs) final chapter of those four movies. (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, Next question we have, what are some films featuring threats looming from above? Brian White writes Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. <laughs> uh, Chris Coogan has Sharknado. Hmm. That just attracts. Philip Hurd has Arrival. Justin Weatherby has ID4. And Ian Barron writes Willow. <laughs> okay. I mean, how come no one's mentioning the film I was in, Airplane versus Volcano? I mean, seriously, that's an, that's an amazing film. Everybody, to, be, to, be, to be fair, before you, you saved America's hero, Dean Kane, I mean... <laughs> You guys were in the airplane. The threat was from below in the volcano, I'd have to say. Well, yeah, I mean, but the threat was kind of from the plane because we were about to crash and stuff. So, kind sure. Of. I'm going to I, I, get, I see where, oh, you're, yes, I see where you're coming from. If you, want a shout, if you want to shout out uh, Airplane versus Volcano, you can. I, I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you very much. Where can people see it, Jimmy? I have no freaking okay. clue. I hope uh, it used to be on Netflix. It might still be on there, but I highly recommend it. The Convoy. I have brothers. my copy. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, yep. you do. It's amazing. There you go. Uh, that I question here is name some films about characters seeking fame. Uh, Justin writes almost famous. Maybe Scream and Spinal Tap because they got to eleven. Um, the Scream sequels for sure. Scream two and Scream four. We're all about, about yeah, they're all about like, yeah. trying to make money off of it, especially uh, Courtney Cox's character, right? And uh, the last Scream, all of them, pretty much. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're all dealing with this in their own way. Philip writes Zodiac. He's he's trying to write a book about it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm and thinking the, not the Zodiac. Scary. I'm thinking uh, Teen uh, Teen Spirit was amazing. Teen Spirit. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you guys see that I one? I did not. L. L. Fanning about a girl who wants to be a, a singer, and it's lovely. Uh, Max Mengele directed it. It's really a lovely film. Uh, well, well worth seeing. The co-founder out. of Facebook directed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, character seeking fame. Hmm. Uh, um, Balto. Fame. The the movie fame. <laughs> Balto. You know, he's trying to he's trying to get up there with like the pack. You know, so he's trying, yeah. to, trying to seek fame. Balto sucks. <laughs> I have actually never seen it. Well, he does because the 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 dog in um, Call of the Wild—that's the one that did all the work. And Balto just came in at the end and just like got the fame. delivered the medicine because he cause he's he's the uh, um, uh, Paul Revere to to uh, I guess the other dogs uh, uh, Samuel Prescott. Yeah, yeah, I'm not kidding. That's yeah. that's what happened. Balto just took the fame because he was like it was on the last leg of it. It's freaking Balto. Uh, my answer is Bowfinger, by the way. Bowfinger. Bowfinger. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, next question we have here. What are some films that focus on un- on undersung film crew members? Chris Cleveland writes Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Justin Weatherby has Nightcrawler. And Philip Hurt has Saving Mr. Banks. Huh. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. 
Oh, and this Bowfinger's is... once again part of my answer. That's a good, that's a good answer. Yeah, uh, state and state and Maine, the David Mamet film, State and Maine, mm-hmm. that uh, that deals with a lot of all the how a movie gets made. Yeah. Uh, Focusing on undersung film crew members. I tried to think of what what was it the big picture, the one with Steve Buscemi. God, that sounds familiar. familiar. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great great film and because it, it deals with the whole crew making a film and mm-hmm. I, I really i love that movie yeah it's a big picture yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um down to abbey sure yeah down to abbey yeah the, the new one the, the new, new one, one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who are these british people or whatever i love british people uh, that extra here is what are some notable cinematic horses eric olson writes costner's horse and dances with wolves which aaron probably will never watch again um, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not going out of my picture. way. Uh, Robert James writes the one Mongo punches and blazing blazing saddles. Let me just say right now, uh-huh. <laughs> the, the if you were to ask me what my favorite comic scene of all time is in movies, the Mo- Mongo punching the horse out is generally something <laughs> I list right away. Like it, that kills me every single time. He just walks in, punches the horse. In the face. <laughs> it's just uh, so funny. <laughs> I'd probably have a, a scene like that in uh, the Legend of Hank, maybe. Um, Chris writes uh, Joey from Warhorse, which fan of the, we're fans of that War movie. Horse. Yeah, yeah, we like Warhorse. Catherine writes the that was my answer too. They met that movie made me cry. Loved it. So talking about Warhorse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacqueline writes the Mustang and Hidalgo. Uh, that's the uh, Viggo Mortensen movie, name right? Whose Ooh, name yeah. was Hidalgo? <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah. Uh, William writes, um, Artax, hello, man, it's sad. And then he put it, they made sure to put a gif of Artax drowning, drowning in, in, the, in the mountains <laughs> of, or in the, in the swamp of sadness. Yeah. Justin writes, I was going to say bullet because Mustang. That's a, that's a hey, clever that's, play. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and Philip has shadow facts from the Lord of the Rings. Ooh, shadow facts. Good. Yeah. It's a fun name. Yeah. I like that name. Um, trying to think if the horse says anything significant beyond be ridden, but I mean, <laughs> it's the fastest <laughs> horse in like the land or something like that, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. he says something like that. Yeah. Uh, cinematic horses. Um, I mean, there's always Black Beauty, but you know, I mean, that's yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, uh, sea Biscuit, right? Yeah, I was actually going to say, like, what's that movie where, like, you know, the guy has, is half blind? Yeah. Oh, that's how what? you that's how you recall that Toby movie McGuire being half blind yeah that you just think of it that movie with that jockey who's half blind oh i remember the movie about the guy that was half blind exactly that was, yeah, yeah that was thank you game. jimmy you're welcome there's of course uh spirit stallion the cimarron or cimarron spirit of the stallion or stallion spirit <laughs> oh what was the one with uh um bobcat goldthwaite oh oh i know what you're talking about yeah um, i don't know like it's like something the Blank the blank, like it's blank, blank the really, blank. Really bad. I've got to look this up. Um, yeah, this will not stand. <laughs> yeah, no, we need to know what this is. Uh, what? What? Okay, geez, it's annoying. Bobcat uh, Goldwaith horse movie. Yes, hot to trot. I believe hot to hot trot. To there it is. Trot. Yeah, blank the blank. Yeah, hot to <laughs> trot. That's the, what it is. The only thing I, you know, the only, if I remember correctly, I believe uh, Virginia Madsen was in that. Which is probably why I watched it because I've always had a thing for Virginia Madsen, but the movie sucks. <laughs> it's not one of the better gold 
gold no. entries, and, he, and he's made good movies. No, yeah. he legitimately has. He, and he's a funny guy. That was, a, that was an early one, I believe. I'm trying to yeah, find it's, if it's, she's yes. in it because now I, I need to know if she was in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yes, Bobcat, Dabney Coleman. Yes, Virginia Madsen's in it. Yeah, and John I Candy. knew it. I knew it. Yeah, love her. Oh, John Candy's in it. It's like his first starring. Movie, yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. Because he didn't direct that movie. Like, yeah, it was. It was when he. You know, it was more like. Yeah. One of those built off the success of his appearances in the police academy movies. <laughs> Got yep. it. Yep. Like we need to get this Bobcat stat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So now we get to the part where we got some questions from to, to us here. Um, and I forgot to write the names down. <laughs> um, uh, well, this one's from Brian. I know that he has, uh, will there be another Keanu? <laughs> I guess a sequel to the was, key and peel. Yeah. I was like Keanu? The, the sequel to the talking cat movie. I believe he did mention if you do uh, some um, talking cat. I I feel like he did some. He mentioned that in the press. I I actually covered uh, the press junket for it and I interviewed him, although Mm -hmm. I did not ask about Keanu. I'm sorry, but I believe someone did. A couple people asked about sequel. and I think he said something about it. There might be one. I I don't remember. So you got to look that up. But yes, I think maybe. The the thing I've heard from Beale is that he doesn't plan to be in front of camera anymore <laughs> like as yeah. far as acting goes doesn't um, seem like it now but yeah he's just not interested in doing it. Hmm. yeah yeah get another you know just, sure. just clone Keegan that's yeah, what exactly. I was exactly get another Keegan <laughs> uh the other question that we got from Phil it's from Philip yeah, yeah is uh what's your favorite streaming service and why oh that's a good question good question that's a hmm. here's my thing I think Apple, I think Apple is producing some of the best TV out there. And their only problem is they don't have like a back cat, a back catalog of stuff. Uh-huh. Like they don't have like, you know, unless it's your own movies that you own, they don't have just like, here's a bunch of movies for free that you can watch. So, you know, as opposed to like HBO Max, which has, you know, a bunch of stuff along with new content. Mm-hmm. Right. But I really like the, the shows that Apple keeps putting out a lot because mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they're using their money wisely. It seems as opposed to Netflix that puts out like junk with you know some good stuff every now and then i'm looking forward yeah. to the movie we're gonna talk about next week yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know um, what you're about. Um, i'm not i'm not necessarily an apple though but i do i just want to shout yeah, out the fact like, that i think apple has some good stuff you know i'm, I'm sort of like phil this is not to, to to dismiss your question but i'm sort of thinking about this as what's the app that i open up like almost all the time instantaneously um, uh-huh that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like for me, Prime probably. Interesting. Prime. Prime. You know what? I actually, I watch a lot is Tubi. I love oh, Tubi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's, that's got some commercials in it, but you can watch like full it, movies. Right? It's like, I mean, I, you know, I'm getting older, so I get, I, I don't care about commercials. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm just like, whatever. And yeah. especially if I'm just kind of watching, but, but they show a lot of really hard to find slasher movies. And I, oh. I have a penchant for slasher. So, you know, I love it. Prime does too. That's why I like Prime a lot. Like when I was yes. doing Giallo, when I was doing Giallo research for our Giallo episode uh-huh. a couple years ago. Yeah. I like Prime had a ton of Giallo on there, so I was like, yeah, just like, nice. hey, secret stuff, yeah. Yeah, I think those yeah. are those are my two favorite. Yeah. I, I I like Shutter, but I, I think those two are uh, slightly better. Yeah, it, it's Shutter, but, but, Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, my only issue with Shutter is I own so many horror movies where it's like I don't like I have <laughs> it because I have I have AMC Plus, so it is we Shutter and I and like uh, Sundance and like yeah. all those channels like in a bundle, so it's like okay, fine, I have it, and you get new releases like Mad God and whatnot, yeah. so like. I own so much horror where it's like, I don't need to have a library of this stuff that I already have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I was gonna say like it's weird because like I I, I definitely open up Disney Plus a lot, but that's mostly because of the Simpsons. The the entire catalog is there. Um, <laughs> but the other one that I open up quite a bit that I've been finding myself doing is Hulu. Um, oh, Hulu. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's because there's a lot of like animated stuff there too, like Adventure Time and you know all the Cartoon Network shows. But then also like you know some some fairly interesting movies like we watched um uh what's palm springs um and they, they've yeah. got like some in original oh, yeah. uh, original content i've been hearing a lot about the beast and i guess i gotta watch that uh, hey, i'm sorry palm the bear springs, i believe the bear is, yeah. uh k bush so just so you know there you go yeah <laughs> but i guess that i guess i'd have to say hulu because i'm just watching a lot of bob's burgers and the great north uh, in addition to a lot of other cartoon network stuff on there how cute was that Bob's Burgers movie? This is really, yeah, oh it's great. God. You should watch yeah. it. It's on two streaming services right now: Hulu yeah, and Disney. Um, Disney I'm sorry, yeah, Disney Plus and also no, HBO. HBO. It's on HBO, HBO and Hulu. Sorry, yeah, because yeah. they got that weird Fox right. thing going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's probably like I probably open Max the most. Okay probably yeah. but like i use them all pretty because i honestly i do it kind of on purpose from like i've been watching that hbo max a lot let me open something else yeah and then and i always want to shout out canopy and hoopla because those are great canopy is like, part of your your public library uh, both of them hoopla and oh, hoopla both too. if you have if you have a library card you have free access to a, t- a lot of movies yeah. a lot of older international and indie movies right. which is yeah. pretty good yeah so, yeah. Okay. So I mean, I guess our answer is there's a lot of quality streaming services out there. There are, <laughs> yeah. And I think like the ones that that I I don't have a subscription to anymore, I still enjoy is Criterion Collection. Um, but you know, that's a good question, uh, Philip. That's another scenario where it's like I'd absolutely have that, except I own like two over. You probably have all of them already. So it's, like, yeah. it's it's a little redundant for me to like have the subscription to the services. Yeah. You're like, if I want to but watch have- a Paul Newman movie, I'll just pull out the DVD. But I absolutely recommend it because it's a great know, service. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It, from what I can tell, it's a really good like responsive service that updates and what have you. But yeah. also, it's just good to know film history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there, I don't think you really go wrong because again, I was I was really looking for a lot of like Asian directors, Edward Yang and um, Wong Kar Wai stuff, and and Criterion had it for sure. They make cool playlists like of like, like genre stuff yeah. and whatnot too, like stuff that's not even necessarily on disc, but just like they have the rights this month or whatever, and they can put oh, out. Yeah. Like, you know, like like fifties Japanese horror, movies right? Yeah, they, like, they've cool. actually got a really interesting type of setup because while they 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 basically have like a curated uh, app, mm-hmm. which is fascinating to think about versus all these other big box ones. It's a cool way to like manage certain kinds of conversations here, what like people can have like a shared experience. It's like, hey, we all watch this thing on Criterion or something like mm. that, and, like you know, ways to ways to further dig into yeah. the movies people are watching. If you want to smoke like a really thin cigarette or start smoking a really thin cigarette and wearing monocles, just pick up Criterion Collection. Ah. <laughs> well, with all that said, we do have to wrap up this show. We do. So that's feedback, and that's going to do feedback it for this week's episode. Thank you. About now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write movie reviews for We of Entertainment, uh, Blu-ray and Criterion reviews over at Wise to Blue. And oh, I'll point this out. I was a guest on the Film at 50 podcast oh. recently. Uh, I talked I... about Superfly and black exploitation films hmm. uh, with uh, Brian Rowe, uh, possibly a friend of the show. Uh, possibly. Yes. Um, as far as if we can get him. Yeah. Well, he's a free yes, for sure. He's a friend of the show. Yeah. And it'd be cool to have him on at some point. But that was a lot of fun. A lot yeah. Of fun his nickname is going to be Bro. That, <laughs> that, uh, that just dropped uh, this past week. So I want to shout that out. Film oh. at 50 podcast. Um, Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua and twitter.com slash walrus moose. Hashtag great, great. There's another great grandfather. 
<laughs> Jimmy O, what would you like to share this week? Of course, you can find me on Joe Blow. Uh, you can find me occasionally at We Live Entertainment. You can occasionally find me doing something Sony, although we're on, on hiatus. And right now, I, I've just joined the uh, crew over at Cinescare. So I'm part of that team now on that podcast. So it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah. You can find all the other episodes of Out and All Theater Name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HSWLOB. Feel free to email us at outnotpodcast at gmail.com, facebook.com slash outnotpodcast, or twitter.com slash outnot underscore podcast as well. And of course, our Instagram page, instagram.com slash outnot underscore podcast. Uh, Jimmy O, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you, Jimmy. Oh, it was a pleasure. I'm so glad I could get, make it, guys. Yeah, for sure. Glad to have you on. As always, look forward to having you on again. Thank you, the listeners, for listening. And next week's show, uh, we got a few things here. We know that the Gray Man came out. We want to talk about that. There's a few things coming on to streaming and and into theaters next week. Yeah, a lot of good movies come out. Yeah, uh, Resurrection comes out with Rebecca Hall. That got a lot of oh wow. Vengeance Um, is coming out. Vengeance is coming out. Bj Novak. And there's a Not Okay with Zoe Dutch. There's a lot. There's a lot of number of movies. So we're probably gonna have a little bit more of a hodgepodge next week, and then after that will be Bullet Train, of course. Uh, But that's gonna do it for this week's episode. So until next time. So long. And watch the skies.